ay, ay, ay. Hola, cariño. Hola, amor. Y bienvenidos a Week Horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Oi, bom dia, bem-vindos. Oi, galera, como vai? <laughs> E aí, gente? Hoje a gente só vai conversar em português. Que Hope legal! <laughs> well, we're honestly, we need to just get right into Let's it go. because as you and I were preparing vamos to lá. get started, vamos lá, vamos lá, <laughs> vamos lá. As you and I were preparing to press record, we were like, this is a Brazilian history lesson uh, that we're about yes. to give you. Absolutely. But honestly, a really good one, yes. I think. This movie, as as our dear listeners know, we both have deep roots in Brazil. We both lived there for quite some time. And this movie yeah. just took me back home. I was like, oh, yeah. feels great to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but also a completely different world to anything that I knew. Oh, like it's, 100%. It's, yes. Yeah. In this a fucking dark ass dystopian tale that we're going to talk about. But yes, it feels yeah. it feels like, ah. Uh, I've missed you in a way. Weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. This movie was suggested to us, actually, by a former uh, guest of our show. Mm. Uh, May Santiago actually said, you guys should watch Bacurao. And I was like, oh, yeah, let me make a note. And I did. And here we are. What uh, a suggestion. Thanks, May. May, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we're watching Bacurau from 2019, written and directed by Kleber Mendonça Filho and Juliano Dornelis. Yeah, let's fucking hop right in before we get to our synopsis. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and uh, let's give you some titulos de terror. Yes. Now, I wonder what you think I thought of when I, in the titulo de terror that I picked for this. What and what what did I think of? <laughs> Wolf Creek? You think Wolf Creek? Just kind of, it's kind of like Outback-ish. Wolf Creek. What did okay, you think of? Okay, interesting. I chose The Village. Duh! Oh my God, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Yes. Great choice. So I picked The Village and... Honestly, a simple, easy translation in our uh, Spanish-speaking countries is called La Aldea. And in Brazil, it's called A Vila. So, hey! Yeah. Yeah, sure. Have you seen The Village? Of course. I love duh. that movie. I know people really fucking hate it. Honestly, I love it. I do, too. Yeah, I think, I think it's great. Bryce Dallas Howard is adorable. Yeah. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix at his young baby face. Yeah. And, It was a good enough little spook in there. Like, it was right towards when M. Night started to... Veer, if you will. Lose the plot a little? Sure, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, But yeah. I was like, I'm still yeah. along for the ride. Yeah. I was still definitely fell for the fucking... Not the trick. What's the, 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 the twist. twist? I was yeah. like, what the hell? Me That's too. I, I was like, wow, I must be un dundo because I did not fucking... Sí. <laughs> It's so easy. It's so it's so obvious when you rewatch, but then you're like, oh, totally. Okay, okay, you got uh, me. You yeah, fucking okay. got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. The village, a la aldea, a villa. But we have another small community to uh, live amongst. Honestly, so... would rather go to this village anyway. So yes, absolutely. So before we get in there. Let's get a synopsis from you, Johnny. All right, I got the synopsis from IMDb. Here we go. 
After the death of her grandmother, Teresa comes home to her matriarchal mm -hmm. village in a near-future Brazil to find a succession of sinister events that mobilizes all of its residents. Mm, mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. good one. Sure. All right, so let's hop into our water tank truck and take a ride through Pernambuco, Brazil. Ladies and gentlemen, bacurau. The credits run as Gal Costa sings a song by Caetano Veloso called Não Identificado, which is basically a song about a UFO and how I'm going to write a beautiful song for her, a song about love because she's a UFO and I don't know, she's out of this world and oh. I just want to be, I just want to show her that I love her and it's a very lovely How song. Highly gorgeous recommend. is that? Yes. What a way yeah. to describe somebody, like kooky as fuck, but also like, yeah. thank you, I am a UFO. Yes. <laughs> you know what? I am out of this world. <laughs> yeah. And as we hear Gal Costa's beautiful voice, which everybody, if you haven't listened to Gal Costa sing, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yes. Uh, we see a starry sky, literally like in space we are. Our title card appears and the sky pans over and we see planet Earth. And a satellite goes by and we start to zoom in right into Brazil. And now we're on a dirt road, and we're following a water tank truck. Is that what it's called? Water truck? Water tank? I would tank? say, yeah, it's a water tank truck. You know, it's a fucking truck with a big old tank of water on the back. An intertitle appears, Oeste de Pernambuco. Okay, so that means, uh, Oeste is west? west? East? West. West of Pernambuco, which is an area of Brazil in the northern east, the northeast of Brazil. Mm. Another intertitle appears and it says Daqui alguns anos, which in in the in the subtitle it said a few years from now. But I think it would be a better subtitle if it said in a near future, because this story is definitely we're going to see a lot of like like you said before we started re recording. It's a dystopian world. We're yeah. in. in our water tank truck. A woman sleeps. This is Teresa. She's being driven by Erivaldo. Suddenly, this truck runs over a coffin. And then another coffin. And then another coffin. But these are all empty coffins, by the way. They just happen to be strewn about the road, which is very weird. And up ahead, Teresa, who wakes up and she's like, what's happening? They see what happened, and it was an accident. Another truck is flipped over, and a bunch of coffins from its bed have spilled out onto the road. And as they get closer, they see that the coffin truck hit a motorcycle rider, and the motorcycle rider is dead on the side of the road. And uh, as they drive past this, like, accident scene, Erivaldo says, da porra which means like oh damnation basically like that's wow. that's uh can't believe that's happening that's bad yeah. not good like a like a bad sign yeah bad omen yeah you know this took me back because it reminded mm. me of when i lived in brazil as a kid and i was in rio with my family and i remember driving around and we saw a dead body covered with a sheet on the side of the road just Dude, on I, the side I of the saw... fucking road 
I also saw some dead people on sides of roads in Brazil. What? And honestly, in Nicaragua también. Yeah, like for later, uh, sorry to be so just like, it's a fucking dead body, but for like, they're like, we will pick this up in a bit, but ahorita, there's nobody or who can come by. we're waiting for wh- somebody yeah. to come over to pick it up. Because wow. remember, no cell phones back in the day. No. So you basically had to like, hang out with the dead body until somebody yep. came and call, contacted somebody. So, mm-hmm. and... We're in the middle of fucking nowhere oh, right now. Oh, my God. In the middle this of nowhere. arid. Like, what I loved about this opening is that it's not the Brazil you usually see on television and in postcards and stuff like that. Sure. It's not beachy Rio. It's not Sao Paulo. We're in the northeast, which is dry. There's mm. cacti. There's, yeah. like prickly plants there's sand it's browns and greens it's not just all full lush it's a different landscape which i really really appreciate absolutely they keep driving through the sertão so this kind of landscape that we're in this is in brazil called o sertão it's uh which i'll get to it later in uh in trivia to be a little bit more specific but it's this uh area is described as o sertão so they're driving through it until they pass the road sign that says Bacurau, 17 kilometers, 17 kilometers. And underneath it, it says, Se for, vá na paz. So if you're going, go in peace. So that's very nice. Welcoming. Hello. Yes. If you're going to come into our area, come in peace. We're Absolutely. chill. Yeah. We come in peace like <laughs> aliens. Like a fucking UFO. I didn't even think of that. Also, yeah. another thing that I loved here is we're already in the middle of nowhere. But when they take the turn to go to Bakurao, it's like an even more dirt road. Like we're yeah. going deeper Deep. into the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On Eri dashboard, there's an a tablet, an iPad, basically. And this, I think, is meant for us to understand, like, oh, future. the near future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on it, it's like, it's almost like, TV. you know what it reminds me of? You know how sometimes in cabs totally. now they have, like, it, it's like a cab thing yeah. where they show you stuff. Mm-hmm. TV, ads, whatever. And a wanted sign shows up. And it's of this person, Lunga. Edivaldo says, there's a high price on her head. Now, I'm going to call her her yeah, because of many different reasons, but specifically because uh, I read some articles where the actor was like, she is trans. And I was like, she isn't extremely female presenting. Yes. Uh, if anything, she's not female presenting at all uh, yeah. for maybe uh, some details here and there. But I'm going to refer to her as she. Absolutely. And I think this is a really important point because... You know, I watched this movie twice and the first time I didn't even catch it because like you look on the Mm -hmm. screen and it is like, you know, what we will call like society presenting like looks like a male face. And they the name they have underneath her Uh isn't Lunga. It's her dead name. Got it. I didn't catch Mm -hmm. that. But uh, Mm -hmm. I love that so much. But well, no, I mean, I don't love that. That's fucking horrible. But what I love here is that the second time I watched it. Teresa and Erivaldo are like, she, 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 they, mm-hmm. it is ingrained in them. Yeah. Which I was just, this when I saw this a second time, I was like, es que, look, spoiler alert, I fucking love this movie, but I was yeah, like, I don't know if I could great. love this anymore right now. Anyway, so yeah. we'll keep going. We'll keep going. Yes. So 
Erivaldo says there's a high price on her head. Mm. And Teresa says, well, you can count on me to not turn in Lunga. Mm. And Erivaldo says, me neither. They both are in agreement that that is a wanted sign, but if Lunga were to come around, she is safe. She yeah. will not be told on. They stop on the side of the road looking down into a river and a dam. And Erivaldo basically is explaining to Teresa why Lunga is wanted right now. So four months ago, she tried to open the dam that's been holding back the water to Bakurao. Mm. And Lunga went in with goons and her gang and everything and went in guns blazing, killed a couple people in there, but she wasn't able to get the dam open mm. or do mm -hmm. the thing that dams do, sure. uh, <laughs> whatever it is. So now she's on the run. Mm -hmm. But the only person that might know where she is is someone named Pacochi, mm -hmm. which I love that nickname because it means package. Ah, <laughs> uh, I forgot that. Wow, Pacochi. Yeah. Un, un Pacochi. <laughs> oh, wow. Hmm, interesting. More on Pacochi soon. Much more. Yeah. We have a cool swipe edit that mm -hmm. goes by, which I was like, interesting, this choice to a swipe edit, but mm -hmm. okay. And finally, Teresa and Erivaldo arrive in Bakurao. Teresa grabs her luggage and she starts walking down the dirt road of her small town. She passes by the small medical center. She waves hello to a lady in the window. This is Dona Domingas, who is played by absolute Fucking legend, Sonia Braga. Legendary status. If you status. don't know who Sonia Braga is, just go ahead and watch Sex in the City when <laughs> Samantha is a lesbian. All I'm going to say is, paping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want me to break this little one? <laughs> oh my God. Listen, when legend. I. Legend. A fucking legend. But when I tell you, I saw Domingas in the window and I was like, ¿Y quién es esa mujer? I had no fucking yeah. clue that that was Sonia Braga. No yeah. idea. Wow. Porque ya está señora. She's yeah, 75 yes. now, la yeah. señora Sonia Braga. Yeah. And this movie obviously is like, she's playing older. You look at pictures of her and like of the uh, premiere of this thing and everything and her hair is fully white. Mm -hmm. She looks unbelievable. Fantastic. She is a gorgeous woman. Yeah. But, Again, what a delight to have uh, her in this film. Sonia Braga, Brazilian legend icon. Absolutely. She takes a big glug of something in her window as Oop. she sees Teresa goes by, and she slams that window shut. Whoa. Whoa. Okay, now. All right. <laughs> Teresa keeps walking, and she greets Damiano, who is this older gentleman, and... He's very sweet and kind, it seems, and he goes to greet her, and he says to her to open her mouth, and he pops in her mouth. We get this close-up of just her nose and mouth, yeah, and him popping in this tiny little seed, it seems like. You know what it looks like? If you've ever opened your bag of chamomile tea, it looks like the little bulbs that chamomile is in. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Looks like, to me, I was like a shriveled caper. Like, what is that fucking yeah, thing? Yeah, capery. Yeah, a teeny tiny single yeah. pod of something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Seemingly like natural, though. Of yes, the earth. definitely. Of the earth, for mm -hmm. sure. 
She gives him a kiss on the cheek and keeps on going. Finally, Teresa has arrived at her house. She's welcomed by her sister and her dad, Seu Plinio. Plinio is such a Brazilian name, dude. It's such a Brazilian name. Plinio. I love it so much. Seu Plinio. So not only is her sister and her dad there, but Apparently, the rest of Bakurao is at this house as well. And they're all gathered there because of the reason that Teresa is back in town. It's for her grandmother's funeral. Mm. We get a brief drunken outburst by Dona Domingas, who comes in and she's like, she's freaking out. She's having a hard time. Grief takes hold in funny ways, gang. This was heartbreaking yeah i was crying yeah i was me too crying because yes. like i didn't re- i was like what is going on clearly this woman is seemingly intoxicated and quite upset but this is yeah heartbreak this is grief yeah. oh she she's yelling insults and all this stuff and her she has a partner uh so dona domingas has a uh, a lady partner mm-hmm. and who tries to control her and bring her down from this chair that she's sent standing and yelling at. And then she turns to this woman and she's like, my Zella mi amiga. She's my uh. friend. So it's like these horrible things that she's yelling, but also she's like, but I, I love her. Yeah. She's my friend. It's this again, grief, dude. We'll grief. fuck you over. Absolutely. Grief. Oh my God. And yeah. what, what a fucking way to show that. Being yes. like, I'm drunk as shit because that's the only way I know to ha- how to handle this. And like now that it's here, like the grief is present, it's showing yeah. up as like anger, sadness, screaming at people, like vulgar. Yes. Vul- yeah. Oh my God. This is incredible. And also Sonia Braga, like Sonia Braga delivers. Yeah. She's yeah. so fucking good. God She's so damn. damn good. So good. So as her partner like pulls her away to stop causing a scene. Seuplinu comes out and he addresses the crowd. And he says, listen, everybody, Carmelita, she was my mother. She was deeply loved by Bacurau. She made a big family, lots of friends. In her family, there's all kinds of people. You went from bricklayers to scientists. We had doctors and teachers. You had pimps and whores, like basically of all walks of life, she had family in that vein. Not a single thief. Mm. Mm-hmm. She's got family in São Paulo, Europa, Estados Unidos, Bahia, Minas Gerais. Everywhere in the world, you could find somebody that was connected to Dona Carmelita. And a lot of those people couldn't come because of the problem in our area. All of those people sent a lot of help to Bacurau. And that's the proof that Carmelita e Bacurau estão em todos eles. So he's basically saying, like, we are Bacurau and the people out there are also Bacurau. Our impact, my mother's impact, Carmelita's impact has reached far beyond our tiny town that we are in. Yes. And Important to note here, just to kind of add on to what you're saying, is that the entire community is here. Mm-hmm. Everybody is here. And I mean, like in her house, on the street in front of her house, everybody Everyone. is present. And just yes. a little 
side note because it was one of my favorite things about this film. But just what that you mentioned, what what uh, be, what was his name? The Blinu. Blinu, the, the thing that he mentions about like you know pimps and whores. That stuff. I was yeah. like, what? What this? That I like because he's like bricklayers, whatever. This this this, and then pimps and whores, and it just totally stuck out to me. But the way they deal with that in this film, I cannot wait to like get into that Dude, more with you because yes. it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. just want to say that because damn. Yeah. Get ready. Yeah. Wait, hold on to your horses. Utopia is on its way. Yes, basically. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the entire town follow the procession of Carmelita's funeral. They all sing together as they carry her coffin through the town. As they lay her to rest in her grave, we focus on Teresa. We get a quick flash again of her eating that little seed. Mm. And suddenly, the vision of her, she looks at her grandmother's coffin and it starts to spill water out of it. And she turns to her sister and she said, I saw two dead bodies today. And then again, that the just water spilling out of the closed, it's like the coffin, the casket is closed, but water is just like spilling, spilling, spilling out of it. What was your take on that? This is something's going on. This this is a vision. Obviously, yes. there isn't water coming out of the of her grandmother's yeah. coffin, and I think I honestly didn't don't really know. Mm. I know that they have this issue with water that we're going to talk totally. about more. Yeah, and um, and this seed definitely has powers of some sort yeah. when it comes to uh, drug inducement, if you will. Sure. Uh. But I couldn't really pinpoint what that meant. Yeah, I well, I wanted to ask you to just get your take on it. And I can't say that I can quite pinpoint it either. However, I think that like it's important to like you said, the little seed establishes that this is kind of like we are. This is a fucking genre mashup, this movie. Yes. But very this much is so. definitely introducing like a magical realism yes. kind of vibe to it. But I think this is a, a vision and a premonition because Ooh. in the movie, uh-huh. other people, I mean, it doesn't happen a lot, but other people have premonitions too. So, yeah. like, thinking about it, I was like, oh, this is, this is her seeing what's to come. Uh huh. You know what I mean. Anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. I think. I think you're you're definitely stepping in a path that's sure. leading somewhere. Correct. Right, right. Sure. We pull out of this vision, and the entire town pulls out white handkerchiefs, and they all wave them up to the sky as if they're like waving goodbye to Dona Carmelita. It's mm. very beautiful. Yeah. It's the next day, and we get a better look at this small town. A lot of little snippets of like who these people are starting off by the local mobile brothel is what I'm going to call it yeah. uh, coming into town and uh, three sex workers come out of it. And there's a madam that's driving the, the truck, which is adorable. <laughs> and uh, it's a man and two ladies, a plus size lady who's a little bit on the older side, uh, a young man and a young woman. And they stop by like the local washing area 
and they're just like naked and showering, cleaning up. Yeah, cleaning up so that they can be ready for their clients. Yeah, gotta be nice and clean. Exactly. (laughs) We see Dona Dominguez talking to a patient who's saying that she's got a headache and she's nauseous and she wants to die. And Dona Dominguez says, which means you're hungover, bitch. Laughed out loud. Yeah. Her face, she was like, you stupid idiot, you have a hangover. Not a change in her face. This was fucking hilarious. I love it. And she goes, vai pra casa, toma água e vomita. Toma água e vomita. Do it again. Toma água e vomita. Like, drink water and throw up over and over and over again. Damn. Hilarious. So... Dominga's partner, uh, who I'd never really heard a name, so no. I'm just going to call her Dominga's partner. Mm-hmm. She is the the museum, because the, this town has a museum, mm-hmm. Museu Historico de Bacurau. She's basically the, the curator of the museum. Sure. So she goes, walks over to the museum and opens it up. We see DJ Ursu, who is this big dude with a little truck with a giant LED screen on the back. Again, future, future. vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he basically spreads the news throughout the town. He's just on his microphone throughout the day being like, hey, this is what's happening. You, your mom called me three times. Call your mom, bro. (laughs) I love this so much. It's so communal. Everybody knows one another. It's Mm -hmm. just like fucking DJ also just being like, this is what's going on today. Like the local news almost, but more like. This is our weather. Yeah. Uh But more like ingrained in the community. Like of. Of the community. Uh, amazing. This is very common in Latin America, though, like loudspeaker stuff and people like announcing like, Aquí tenemos esto, estamos tomates. or like if there's somebody running for something, there's always a song or people yelling. Mm-hmm. And this is a common occurrence in Latin America sure. where like they're going to get in a car and drive through your town and announce shit yeah. basically <laughs> but this is more localized and specific to our town and being like hey fred call your mom yeah. somebody needs to make rice today like, right like know, that how kind of more shit. like local can you get than that <laughs> yeah. like it's basically like your friend being like don't forget to fucking cook your rice you know exactly amazing exactly. We see a man going into a church and pulling out a couple desks, it seemed, like school desks. And we get a quick look inside the church, and it's basically just a storage space. It's not a big vision of inside the church, but you do see boxes and stuff inside. And you're like, interesting that the church is used as storage. I didn't notice that. Oh, my God. Mm. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. That's amazing. Like these people are not that. I mean, unless correct me if I'm wrong, but these people don't necessarily seem to church going, if you will. You know what I mean? Which is uh, something as a non-religious person. I'm like, connect with that. I definitely connect with that. There are I believe I've said this before in the pod, but Brazil is an an incredibly Christian country. There is Mm. so much Christian based religions all around Mm -hmm. in brazil so seeing this is particularly effective when knowing where we're at you know what i mean absolutely yeah 
And now at Teresa's family house, we see Pacote uh, arrive because he he was bringing the desks over to uh, Plinio's house because Plinio, Sil Plinio is the teacher of the town. He's like the, the guy who runs the school, basically, the, the librarian also. So Plinio, Teresa and his other daughter, who I don't think has a name, but they are all having breakfast. And everyone's like, ah, bon dia, pacote, bon dia, bon dia. Also, this isn't going to affect <laughs> non-Portuguese speakers, but the accent in this film, to me, is so amazing because mm. it's this, in the northeast of Brazil, the, the best way I could describe how this accent works is it would be the same type of accent in English compared to like a Southern accent, mm. specifically maybe like a Louisiana Creole kind of accent. Like it's very um, like, and it's like a very mm. sing-songy kind of uh, cut off words. And uh, bon dia, okay, mm. uh, bon dia, pacote. Like it's very, I can't describe, but. I'm following it, what you're saying. Does that make sense? Absolutely. If I were to compare it to an American or an English accent, I would say a Southern Louisiana-based Mississippi, Appalachia, maybe even kind sure. of vibe. And I honestly, ha like, I, I understand Portuguese for the most part. Can't really speak yeah. it anymore, unfortunately, but I understand it. I had trouble and I really had to rely on the the subtitles a lot, had a lot in of this trouble. film because it was, it was different from, like, from, I guess, what I was used to. For me, it was the tease where like mm -hmm. like when I was speaking Portuguese, I'll use the word sete, like seven. Uh -huh. But in this movie, it set. was set. And I was like, oh, that's different for me. That's you know different. what it is very similar to? The Portuguese, Portuguese Portugal accent. Yeah. Yes. That's because they're right. like Maria Eduardo. It's a little cut off. Like it's uh -huh. like yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. It's different. Dominican it's Spanish. Totally, yeah, yeah. If you were to compare it, yes. a los dominicanos que cortan todo. Yeah, yeah. Just snip it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, Pacochi has come into Soplinio's uh, house and he's saying hello to everyone and he he asks the three of them, hey, specifically Teresa, who Teresa seems to have been gone for a while, and he's like. Please don't call me Pacochi anymore. It, I want to be known as Acasio. Mm. That's my name. And everybody obliges. They're like, yes, of course, Acasio. So Plinio then asks Acasio mm -hmm. if what happened in Acerita was him. And we get a very quick flash of a gun in a waistband. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Acasio explains that was something else. And so Plinio, not even looking up from his newspaper, says something else of the same thing. Hmm. And Acasio assures him, listen, I'm trying. So it's like this guy's trying to get away from a past, it seems. Yes. Don't call me my nickname. Call me my name. That's something different. Mm, but is mm -hmm. it? Okay. I'm not package anymore, everybody. Uh-huh. 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 Teresa's little sister pipes up and says, you know, some people made a compilation video dos seus maiores sucessos. Wow. Which means of your biggest successes. And I won't tell you what those successes is just yet. Mm -hmm. And Acasio says, please don't watch that. That's silly. It's dumb. Please don't. 
And so Plinio even says, hey, you shouldn't be watching that kind of stuff. Where you're like, what, what? kind of compilation video Right, is this? what are we talking about here? Am I finding it on YouTube right. or elsewhere? <laughs> right. <laughs> so... And then in the middle of this conversation, Teresa leans in and she's like, hey, do you want to sleep with me tonight? Damn. <laughs> like, Girl, your, mom, your dad and your, your sister. Your little right sister. And your little sister heard you. She yeah, and she's heard like, you. Girl, wow. Okay. Hilarious. I mean, he's hot. But, Let's be clear. He uh, is. Oh my God. I am so attracted Woo! to fucking Pacochi. Damn. Ooh, this man, man. He is hot. He is gorgeous. Jesus Christ. So he's like, oh, you're not mourning. And she's like, I'm not religious. I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter. Y'all should be boning now. <laughs> <laughs> also, she literally says what she's we were thinking. Beautiful that, that, too. Oh my god, she's fucking gore. This face? Are you kidding this me? Face, the hair. Like aside from the fact that she is just stunning, this face is incredible. But like, she literally yeah. says exactly what we were just talking about. I'm not religious. Like, nope, not here. Won't find it here. So now we see images of school. There's a music class and they're uh, tuning their trumpets. And on the blackboard, it's, it seems as though that this week is going to be Semana Vinicius de Moraes, who is another everybody should go on Spotify, type in Gal Costa, Vinicius de Moraes, Caetano Veloso, type all these fuckers in and get ready to have a music class, yeah. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> a good fucking music class. Oh shit! The best. Get, oh, fucking a! You're gonna be <laughs> your socks will be knocked right the fuck off. <laughs> so Selplinio now is outside and he's pointing to the sky to a bunch of little children. It's basically his class. And he's like, "Look, that's a plane going by, and that plane is going to São Paulo." And one of the kids asks, "How far is Bacurau from São Paulo?" And so Plinio's like, well, here, let's look on the tablet. I'll show you on the map. And so he pulls down the tablet so that the little kids can see. And he's trying to zoom in. And he's like, weird, I can't find it. Let's go inside to the big computer and see if we can zoom in there. So they head inside. And so Plinio Google Maps it. And he looks and looks and looks. And he's like, weird. So the municipality of Serra Verde is here. And it should be right here. This is very weird. And he even changes it to satellite mode. And he zooms in and everything. And so Plinio is very confused. And he says, Bacurau sempre teve aqui. Bacurau sempre teve no mapa. Bacurau has always been here. Bacurau has always been on the map. Hmm. You know, this was a moment where, so, okay, I fucking love this movie. It takes a moment for you to be like, what is going on here? When I texted you the first time, I was like, yeah. Bakurao is weird. Yeah. I was not understanding what was happening. I was honestly like the first, the, the thing was, okay, upon first watch, I was like, it's a little slow. Like I'm having, I'm Agreed. I'm invested. I'm fully invested. But I was like, es que no se, I, I don't know what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this moment here, first of all, Blinu, the actor is- Oof. So good. Holy These shit. Children are adorable. Like his interaction with them is beautiful. It's just yeah. stunningly beautiful. But this was the moment that I was like, oh, what? Right. This is a horror movie podcast. Yeah. And this is supposed to be a horror movie. And uh -huh. this actor, his face, when he's registering like 
why isn't our town on the map is yeah. really unsettling. Yes. It's really, really, you're just like, this isn't good. Yeah. And he nails this. Ooh, Ooh does he this nail this? This man is, he's meant to be, it, you can tell that, his mother was a, the matriarch of this town yes. and he is now taken up the fucking torch and he's now basically the leader of yeah. this place. Highly respected elder of this community. Mm -hmm. Knowledgeable, yeah. the teacher, the librarian. Mm -hmm. Like you can, you know that he's got a huge responsibility to make sure his town continues thriving. Because all yeah. these, as we see these moments of this town, all these little flashes of who these people are, it is a humble, poor town. Yes. These are all people of color. Mm -hmm. These are all like, it's a small, in the middle of nowhere chunk of a town. Mm -hmm. And you can tell they've lived like this for centuries. Yes. And uh and it's just they did such a good job of immediately like even though at first it's confusing you're like I feel safe here. And 100%. Yes. And this moment of where he is like something is awry is why I think we all feel like okay, now I feel uneasy yeah. because he is. Absolutely, because even though at first you're like, I don't know what's going on, the sense of community that they build yeah. is is very, very strong and very, very beautiful. And to add on to what you just said, this is a, a poor community that is actually suffering like they they don't they can't even they don't have access to water yes exactly. they don't have fucking access to water out here like they're living they as rely a, on a guy with a truck with a fucking water tank every truck. day yes yeah. but somehow they are making it work yes it's oh my god oh my god totally amazing so at the entrance of bakurao is a single house and in this house, there is a woman and a handful of men. I think this may also kind of be a brothely vibe, but it's more mm -hmm. of a of a checkpoint. Yeah. Or a mm -hmm. lookout. Yeah. Because we see someone on the roof that spies a couple of cars and a big truck with its own LED screen coming up the road. And the guy on the roof yells down, Dahleni. Tony Jr. tá chegando. O Tony Jr. tá chegando. Mm -hmm. So Darlene, who is seems to be like the woman that is the the loudspeaker to let you know these are people arriving to our town. Everybody. She gets on her cell phone and she sends what I'm assuming is a town wide WhatsApp voice memo. <laughs> yeah, and this is another thing that I was like future. Because Future. in the town, when I tell you, it's like ding dong, bing, bling, like literally every everybody, everybody has a device. Everybody has a device, and everybody plays the message at the same time. And all you hear is Dahleni <laughs> echoing everywhere, saying, "Olha, o prefeito Tony Junior tá chegando. O prefeito Tony Junior." So, Tony Junior, this guy who's arriving in his truck and his LED shit. He's the mayor. He's the mayor of the municipality of Sehan 
verde. And it seems as though well, he's coming in hot with <laughs> all this trucks and LED yeah. things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, because And also playing jams again. Just like I'm you said. Things, Just like I'm you said. announcing things. Yes. And the song is literally like Tony Jr. Whatever for fucking mayor. Vote for me. Yes. Because yes, it seems he's running for reelection. Two things about this very, very quickly. They couldn't mm-hmm. have picked a better person for fucking Tony oh, Jr. Like, I was absolutely. like, oh, that's spot on. But also, yeah. I think it's important to mention here that Dahleni is, I believe, a trans, trans woman. Yes. And and she is a very important person in this community who is, I saw her as, like, uh, protection. She is She's, the eyes and ears. She is the fucking eyes and ears of this community. A mm-hmm. trans woman in the country of Brazil. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm getting emotional right now. Like, yeah, I was just dude. like, oh. And, like, they don't even really, like, make. It's not even discussed. It's never said. It's Nobody She's just says fucking there. And yes. she has a very important role. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So as soon as everybody in town hears Darlene say, olha, tá chegando Tony Jr. Ele vai estar chegando aí em cinco minutos. He'll be there in five minutes. Everybody packs their shit and goes inside. They're like, fuck this fucking guy. I'm going in my house. The people, the little like farmer's market, street market that there is, mm-hmm. everybody packs their shit, including Damiano, who is the guy with the little pod that he gave to Teresa, he packs all his little pods that he yeah. has because there's like full on bags and bags and bags of that shit. He puts it on his moped with a little uh, carrying truck bed in the back <laughs> and he drives the fuck out of there. This And this town is prepared to do this. They oh, are yeah. ready. Like, They've done this the, before. I'm, Exactly. Yeah. Dahlini has definitely been like, here comes a motherfucker, get inside. Yeah. Like, this is, they have a plan. Yes. This town. Yeah. So, Tony Jr. arrives trying to do his reelection thing. His little procession of trucks plays his campaign song. He gets out of his car and he approaches the now empty town. <laughs> and one of the trucks in his procession has a bed full of old books, which they dump out in front of the school. And he, and he yells at the guy, Fioma, film this. Uh-huh. That is so telling. That says so much. Absolutely. Then he gets on a megaphone and he addresses this ghost town that he has arrived <laughs> to. And he's like, I know we've had our differences, but today I'm here with an open heart. I'm bringing books. I'm bringing supplies and food. I'm bringing coffins. I'm bringing medicine. But of course, re-election is near, and I I want us to work together. You and me, okay, Bakurao, we're here. We're the same. You, I'm your, you, I'm you. You're my people, yeah, right? Yeah, sure, fucker. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, Look, I even brought a retina scanner to make it easy for uh, voting day when it comes by, which I was like, okay, again, future. But also this lady that his like is his campaign manager hands him a full on men in black memory eraser. Yes. But I was also (laughs) like, fuck that. That You are not scanning my retinas, ho. No, not for a moment. No way. And then he's like, então tá, chega aí, gente. Come on, everybody. Come on down and get your retinas scanned. And from the houses, Bakurao is like, 
Fuck you, prick. Where's our water? Cadê nossa água? Release the dam. Bandido. Filho da puta. Rapariga. I was just like, yes, oh, tell fucking him. Fucking safado. I loved it. Safado. <laughs> so safado good. Safado is a great word. This is hilarious. It's hilarious. You don't even see them. No, you don't they're even... fucking... <laughs> <laughs> He's standing there with a megaphone, and all you hear is "Fala da puta, vai pro caralho." It's so great. It's so fucking good. Oh my god! And Tony and Tony Jr. is like, "Listen, politics is tough, guys. Be in my shoes for a day, no, huh? Fuck you, you try and do this. Eat a dick." And he's like, "Listen, we'll get the water thing sorted out." Sure. And. uh <laughs> still from the houses, they're like, side daqui, just get out of here. And finally he gives in and he starts to head out. But we see that his goons come out from the, from the mobile brothel with one of the sex workers. And Tony Jr. is going to take her with him for a while. And like the madam and the other sex worker is there and they're like, no, you can't. No, why can't you just do it here in the truck? They still want to make their money. They're like, pay up front, bitch. Like, yeah. do the thing. And she even says, last time you weren't very nice to me, dude. Ugh. And it's like, there's, it feels very dangerous. Yeah, this is not good. Yeah. And, and they say, like, they're like, she doesn't want to go with you and, and, but, Tony Jr. doesn't fucking care. Dona Dominguez comes up to his car as they're about to go. And she's like, I brought her into this world. I know her mother very well. If you hurt her, eu corto seu pau e dou pras galinhas. Which means I'll cut off your dick and feed it to the chickens. Oh, I... Amazing. Rewound this part <laughs> over and over because yeah. Sonia Braga fucking uh, nails. But also yeah. this scene... Fuck, this movie really got me. <laughs> yeah. I, it's this is emotional right now mm -hmm. because I think the madam literally mm -hmm. yells out to the town, they're, yeah, taking, they're taking Sandra. 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 Mm -hmm. And I was like, that says so much because the town respects their sex workers. Yes. This is a respected line of work in this town. Yes. And sex are, work is work, everybody. Sex, work is, sex and work is work. Her yelling that out to the town said that. Sex work is real work, loud yeah. and clear. And like the fact that fucking Domingas comes Domingas. up and she, with death in her eyes, is oh, like... Oh, God. The, the way she brings life to Sandra being like, I helped birth Brought this her child. Into this world. This yeah. is a real person. And if you fucking touch her, I will I will cut your dick off. Mm -hmm. That this is incredible. And to the mayor, let's not let's yes. not mince words. This is a person in governmental power, which yes. could be detrimental to these people if he chooses to do so. Mm -hmm. But uh so like that's some fucking balls to go up to somebody and be like Listen, Ooh. you piece of shit. I'll cut off your dick and give it to the chickens. You yes, whore. to a fucking person in power. Absolutely. And the fact that like they these the, the mayor and his goons feel like they can just stroll into this town and take her and without paying. And like, yeah, it, it's just like he literally says, put it on my tab and I'll pay oh, you my, when I come back. Fuck you. Like, it's just mm -hmm. these two different sides of a very true story that we live with now where it's like people will see these people see sex workers as not 
real people. Whereas this town that they were like, no, they are part of our community. Like throughout mm -hmm. this film, you see these sex workers working. Yeah. Fucking people making money and doing their jobs. I loved this detail so much, but this moment humanized the sex worker, the sex yeah. workers in a way that I've never seen before. Absolutely. So beautifully Again. done. Utopia in this town. Yes, yes. They have they. It's a circle of life. They know who is who and what people bring, and that's mm -hmm. it's wonderful to see. And it's even more painful to see the fucking spokes in the wheel when motherfuckers like yes. Tony Junior comes in. Yeah, like you said, sex work is real work. Hello, hello. But either way, Sandra, the sex worker, goes off with Tony Junior and his goons. On a dirt road, Damiano, who has left with his cart of pods, is riding his way home when, now get ready for this, everybody, a flying saucer appears. <laughs> <laughs> a small flying saucer appears. And oh, when I man. tell you that the first time I saw this, I was like, hold on, wait. <laughs> yes. Same. Wait a minute, because it looks like it's a 1950s flying yes. saucer. Like old it is school. a, it's old school vibes, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and it seems to be following Damiano, and he's just like he sees it, and he's like, "That's weird," but he keeps going. No big deal. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Here we are. <laughs> so now it's nighttime, and the town has gathered in front of the church. This is like the the usual gathering area, the town square kind of vibe. And uh, they're looking over the things that Tony Junior brought for them. And so Plinio explains that they've they've put the goods through triage and there's a lot of expired stuff. So if you're going to take some of it, just be careful. And, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> of course, there's expired stuff. Of course, because he's Ugh, a piece of he's shit. He's not going to bring good stuff. He exactly. doesn't care about you. Exactly. And and again, Soplinio says, and as for the books, we can all go through them together to see what we want to keep and what we want to get rid of. And um, and then he calls up Doutora Domingas, Domingas to talk about uh, other stuff. And she comes up with a garbage can <laughs> and she says, this week, Teresa came back home and she brought us a bunch of vaccines and meds and that was very lovely thank you so much and we are now replenished we're good but i want to bring attention to the meds that tony jr brought brazol cuatro and someone in the crowd yells i love this little detail she says brazol cuatro and someone in the crowd yells isso é um presente grego and in the in the in the captions it says that's a Trojan horse, but if you were to um, translate it directly, it's that's a Greek gift is the line. Uh -huh. So basically, they're saying these meds. I don't think so. And Domingas goes on to explain, which they're not wrong when saying it's a Trojan horse because it's a mood inhibitor disguised as a painkiller. It's a drug used around all of Brazil. It's bad for you. It's addictive. It numbs you. And so basically, this is the government trying to, like, stupefy the yes. people. Like, turn, your, turn, turn the people into fucking zombies. 
exactly and she goes she grabs the boxes and she chucks them in the garbage can and she's like listen the boxes are here but you've been warned and obviously these people are like and another reason why this community is like she's not saying you can't take these drugs no no yeah right. she's saying the box is here they might if be in the garbage them, but you but know they're here you can take them yeah but choose i your told choice. you what it is yeah choose your choice i choose my choice i choose my choice okay <laughs> As all of this is happening, we see that Sandra, the sex worker, comes back. She doesn't look great. She doesn't seem happy, obviously, mm. but she's back. Mm -hmm. The other sex worker checks in on her. Are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm just going to go home. Okay. At least we know she's safe and she's back. Yes. Thank God. Bakurao sleeps. Dominguez is having like a quick dream slash vision of something. And it's a person covered in blood on a gurney. It's very fast. This, for me, I was like, ah, this is what I was talking about with Teresa at the coffin. A premonition. Uh -huh. This is a premonition. This is totally a premonition here, I think. Oh, I think. Could it be? Right. Maybe. Mas de repente, we hear a rumble. And we see that a group of, like, loose horses just comes fucking rumbling down the streets and waking mm. people up and people come out to check. And they notice that it's the horses from Manelito's farm. And everybody's like, how weird that they're, all their horses are here. Mm. The next day, Acasio and Flavio and Maciel, two other dudes from the town, they're calling the farm to, like, check in on Manelito. Like, hey, your horses are here, dude. Like, what's the deal? But nobody will answer. So Flavio and Maciel decide to go over. They ride a couple horses and take a couple horses with them to just like drop them off at the farm. As they're heading out, Erivaldo comes in with the daily water truck of the day. But lo and behold, the tank is littered with bullet holes, mm. which he hadn't noticed as he was driving. He gets out of the car and somebody's like, hey, your fucking tank's spilling water. And Acasio comes over to see, and Erivaldo is like, this is really weird, dude. Like, what the fuck? When did I get shot at? And how did this happen? Uh. And we see in Acasio's face, something isn't right here. He literally looks down the road right from the way that Erivaldo came, and he's like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. Why are there bullet holes here? Something feels weird. Yeah, he knows. So he calls Flavio who is already halfway towards the farm to return the horses. And he's like, listen, dude, something isn't right. You should turn around. But the guys are like, no, dude, we're almost there. Don't worry about it. We'll keep going. Cuando de repente, we see some two motocross-looking motherfuckers come into view. And they and Flavio and Maciel tell Acasio, they're like, listen, here, we just ran into two motocross people. They, they're driving by. And Akashi was like, stay on the phone, stay on the phone with me. Don't just what the fuck. And he's like, yeah, I don't know these guys. They're strangers. They have their helmets on. Mm. Just hold on. And they approach Maciel and Flavio, but they don't say hello. They barely even stop. Yeah. They kind of pause and then just keep going. And Flavio says to Akashi, listen, they just drove right past us. They're on their way to Bakurao. And they pat these motocrossers pass by Dahleni, who also gets on her WhatsApp voice memo. And she's like, hey, everybody, motocrossers coming in about two minutes. OK, so here they come, these motocrossers, and they land in Bakurao. They get off their bikes. They're wearing like full on colorful 
Like they're about to go on a race kind the of. The outfits clothing. are so weird, but I love Wild. this choice for some reason. I'm like, yeah, I did too. Yeah, I was like, this is so weird and like sticks out like a sore thumb, but it's. It made uh, them feel even more like outsiders. Yes, that's what it is. So they take their helmets off and it's a man and a woman. And they stop at the little store of the town. And like, they're dealing with this shot up tank. And everybody kind of sees like these two strangers come into their town and they're like, it seems as though the town now is like, what are these weird vibes going on? Yeah, this is tense. And, yeah. And yeah. even the lady in the store clerk, like she's got a uh, an eye like, what are you doing here? Very exactly. Like, and also just got to shout out this actress in the the store owner nails this like wariness oh. just being like, because she's kind but she yeah. is also like there's like just a sliver of sass where oh, she's like, yes. who the fuck are you and yeah. why are you yeah. here? I, exactly. she, oh, she was so good. So they ask the store clerk for a beer and uh, what's going on out in the front? This is so weird, right? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the store clerk is like, well, somebody shot up our fucking water truck and uh, you guys showed up with a bunch of capacitches on with helmets on. And honestly, we don't really like that kind of shit around here. And I was like, yes, bitch, you tell him. <laughs> yeah, we don't fucking trust you. Yeah. And the moto couple explains, oh, no, 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 we're just running the trails. We're just driving by. Don't mind us. And the man points out, oh, what's that over there? And as the woman turns to look, or as the store clerk go turns to look, the woman goes to a little corner of a table, and she places a chip, yeah. computer piece, a tech flap, a <laughs> science piece. Tech Flap. That's what it is. A futuristic tech flap. She presses a tech flap onto the underneath of this table. <laughs> and uh, and then she's like, oh, yeah, well, cool. What is it? Uh, looking around. And you're like, uh, what was that tech flap What's over there, man? What's your fucking tech flap, lady? And the store clerk asks, and this is a very pointed question and you'll see why towards the end mm. the store clerk says oh have you come to see the museum it's really good and the couple are like uh no no and it again it feels so uncomfortable yeah. in the air here the moto woman asks oh what does bakurao mean and the store clerk says el pasaru it's a bird Moto lady. Ah, un passarinho. A little bird? And the lady, straight face. No, un pássaro. Mm. And then the moto lady says, oh, but isn't it extinct? And the, and the store clerk says, aqui no. Not here. It only comes out at night, and it's a hunter. Ooh. I mean... <laughs> It's she? so good. It's so good. It's and so good. And it's not even like the forefront of the scene. Uh-huh. And I mean, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's and I so good. Like the, like the, the fucking moto chick being like, oh, un pasarinho. Like, yeah. Dim very, a condescending, yes. 
then just demonetizing like, oh, a little That's bird. Like your little uh-huh. town, it's named after a little bird. No bitch. No bitch. It's a fucking <laughs> big ass bird that comes out at night and it's a hunter. <gasps> yeah. I mean, I so got chills. Good. I got chills. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and so the moto couple is like, okay, well, Bye. we're going to go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so outside, as they're leaving, Teresa and Edivaldo approach the couple and they also ask, hey, are you guys going to check out our museum? <laughs> you should check it no, out. No, that, that's not. No, that's not what we're. No, we were just passing by. OK, well, did you see anything strange while you were coming in? Because our truck got shot at. And they're like, no, no, we were in the trail. So we weren't like on the main road or anything, whatever. And Akasu approaches and he's like, whoa, cool bikes. I'm thinking of getting one, too. Oh, my God. And he taps the lady's motorcycle and she goes like oh excuse me please don't touch my bike which i was like the fire that went from my toes to my head i was like oh i want to murder what's what's so wonderful about it too is that akasu is doing this very purposefully like he he knows exactly uh what he's doing and so does teresa like they i mean they know exactly like they are so fucking wary of these people but not in a way that they're like i'm scared of you no no not at all like they are not at all it's just so purposeful and beautiful it's it's yeah very well done and edivaldo says well if you need anything i'm edivaldo this is teresa and that's acasio and acasio says no no you can call me pacote i didn't even fucking catch it yeah holy shit yeah oh my god that's incredible yeah dude (laughs) i know i mean it's like oh wow this fucking movie damn okay i'm so glad you caught that wow (laughs) and so package is back (laughs) package is back hmm the moto lady is like, well, we got so lucky because we were really thirsty out there and you guys aren't even on the map. Oh, really? Yeah, you guys aren't on the map. And then when we checked our phone, there was no signal. The signal immediately dropped. So we got so lucky to find you. And then Teresa's is like, your signal dropped? And they all grab their phones and they look and they're like, oh, we don't have signal either. Mm. And Pacochi, smiling, is like, hey, look at that. No signal. We never not have reception here. Yep. That's weird. So mm-hmm. he totally knows what's up. Yes. Yes. And the, mo- and the moto couple is like, okay, cool. Well, <laughs> they put their helmets on and they get the fuck out of there. Back to Flavio and Maciel and the horses. And they've arrived at Manelito's farm and they discover a horrible scene. In a truck, a man, a woman, and a child have all been shot to death. And Maciel decides to go inside the farmhouse to see what's in there. And he calls out to Flavio, we gotta go, dude. They killed everybody that's in here, too. They killed everyone. And they both hop onto a motorcycle that's there and they start to drive away. But as they're driving, they come across the moto couple who stop in the middle of the road, not letting them pass. And Maciel says quietly to 
uh, Flavio, he says, we're going to die. And he said, you didn't see what I saw in that house. A gente vai morrer. This was terrifying. Yes. And heartbreaking. Yes. Because Maciel says, Maciel, correct? Maciel. He says this so matter-of-factly. Yes. It's just like, this is what's going to happen to us, dude. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh, We're dying. it's chilling. Yeah, Heartbreaking. totally. So the moto couple get off their bikes and they ask Flavio and Maciel if they just came from that farm. And they're like, yeah, but don't go there. There's been a tragedy. But don't worry. We've already reached out to the town to let them know. And the moto lady recognizes that this is a lie because, again, she put a jammer on their thing on their mm -hmm. fucking tech flap. Tech flap. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's like, oh, they said that there was no signal in this area. You were able to contact your town? And then Flavio says, oh, there was no signal, but now there is. And the moto couple reach behind their pants and they pull out guns. And the moto lady's like, let me see your phones. And Flavio says, aqui nessa terra não pode acontecer dessa forma. Like, you can't come to our land and do this to us, is mm -hmm. basically what he's saying. And she aims her gun and she shoots. Mm -hmm. And the moto dude, too. They both just fucking shoot these two men down and they're killed. But now we see the scene from above. And we see a bunch of stuff on the screen that looks like camera, zoom in, kind of. Science bloops. Science tech yeah. stuff. And then we pull out from that and we see that this camera angle is from the UFO. So the UFO is filming all this stuff and we hear English and mm. it says two men down. And we see this UFO following Moto couple as they drive away from leaving Maciel and Flavio dead behind. Now we're in a run down mansion. And star of Madonna's music video, Deeper and Deeper, Udo Kier appears. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the way that that's what we both have in our notes. Like, yep. Just, I was just like, deeper and deeper. Deeper, and, deeper and deeper. That's, that's, that's it. piercing blue eyes. Oh my gosh. I could recognize them anywhere yeah. because of Deeper and Deeper. Come Absolutely. On. Also, if you've never seen Madonna's Deeper and Deeper video, do yourself a favor. What's watch wrong it. with you? <laughs> yeah, it's a great song. Great video. And fuck with, Udo, with fucking Udo Kier in it. So check with it out. Udo Kier. So Udo Kier plays Michael. And we go around to see that this is a compound where a bunch of gringos are staying at. Mm. Mm -hmm. And the moto couple arrives at this compound, uh, followed by the UFO, which is, I'll just say now, just a drone described, disguised as a UFO. Mm -hmm. They head inside. We see two guys chatting in one room, another guy cleaning a gun. And Michael lets them know that in five minutes, there's going to be a meeting. But the moto couple here is also feeling very tense. They're not comfortable there and they're not comfortable here. Yeah. But here is for a different reason. Yeah. Around a big dining table, there are about seven gringos and the moto couple. They say that the trip to the farm was successful, meaning that they were the ones that 
uh, that the gringos say that they're the ones that killed all those people. Mm-hmm. The signal jammer is working and they have been removed from the map. So all these people, these are the people that have removed Bakurao from the map. They are the ones, obviously, the tech flap has stopped their signal. Michael says, tomorrow we shut down their electricity. We've paid the local contractors to close the roads off and there's no street market tomorrow. So everything is set and ready to go. And somebody asks, there's no police here. And they're like, nope, no police. Interesting. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Also, the old man's cabin is isolated, too. And Moto dude says, that's Damiano is his name. And this fucking gringa ass bangs bitch says, we don't give a fuck what his name is. And then her and this other guy, uh, Willie, have drawn him. And so they're going to go see him tomorrow. But then we hear some static. And all these gringos have an earpiece in mm-hmm. their ear, a little white earbud. And they all listen to what the earpiece says. And again, the moto couple doesn't have this earpiece. One fucking guy who I don't, I forget his, I think his name is Joshua, but I called him Caesar throughout the fucking. Oh my God. Yes, you know what I called him? <laughs> fucking Dumb and Dumber. Because he's got Jim Carrey's haircut from Dumb yes, and Dumber. These shitty bangs. <laughs> Dude. So Dumb and Dumber uh, Caesar. I don't think is, I could hate him more. He is just He is disgusting. a garbage person from hell. Exactly. Ugh. Yes. So he's like, he's all ragey and he's like, why can't we just load up our guns and roll down the main street and just do some damage? I came here for the body count. So this seems to be like a hunting ground for these gringos. And they have some sort of like Michael is the head of this situation, but there's a higher power above in the earpiece letting them know this is what you need to do to attack this town, basically. This is like a hostile light situation. Uh uh Rich people paying to murder, basically. Basically. White people. I'll say rich white people. Oh, we're going to talk about how they're white. Oof, God. So the moto lady is like, hey, can you stop playing this video on this tablet that's in front of her? And on the tablet is the footage of her murdering Flavio and Maciel. And she turns to the moto dude who was like, hey, relax, don't don't talk back or anything. But they start speaking in Portuguese and it's uncomfortable. And Michael says, please don't speak Brazilian in here. Oh, the fire within my the body. Flames on the side <laughs> of my face. I flames. I was livid. Flames on the side of my face. Flames on the side of my all my body. You want to feel fucking pissed off? Watch th- this scene is, first of mm-hmm. all, very good. But oh, yeah. In Infuriating. Infuriating. Oh. And basically, around the table, they asked the Moto couple, Oh, so those people that you shot, are they your friends? And Moto dude is like, We come from a different region. We come from the south of Brazil, a rich region with German and Italian colonies. We're more like you guys. And Willie says, One of the gringos says, Like us? <laughs> How can you be like us? We're white. You're not white. And somebody else is like, her lips and her nose give it away. Oh, 
Some other guy says more like white Mexicans, really. Oh my god! 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 And then this other fucking bitch, Julie, one of the other gals that's not bangs, is like, I think he's a handsome Latino guy. So it's- fuck you. <sighs> This scene, though, like to unpack, like there are 17 maletas in front of us, like to unpack what's going on here. It's just and honestly, like as a a Latino who Uh struggles with his identity, Mm -hmm. I was like, I my head is spinning and I'm on fire right now. Like the, the, the fire of of fury in my body. Wow. This fucking scene. Because it's like. The Moto people are being shitty and racist, too, by saying, oh, we're not those people. They literally just fucking killed yeah. some people from Bakurao. I mean. And I, we're not only have we killed those people, but also don't associate us with them. We are not that yes. kind of people. And then the level on top of that of like, oh, yeah, we know you're not that people, but you're still not us. You're fucking the, still yes. shitty, horrible, and you're bad. And, and you're black and you're not white. Right, right. And like in my notes, I was like, don't fucking talk to them like that. But then I was like, but wait, I feel weird <laughs> because they just fucking murdered the people yes. from Bakurao. Oh, my God. The levels. Ooh. So Michael asks, why did you shoot those people? And Moto Lady's like, well, because they would talk and they lied to us. They said that they had communicated when really we knew that the, the signal was jammed. And Bangs, Magoo, says, our point is you came here to work for us, not to take our kills. Our kills. Fuck And then you. the moto lady says, well, we did what we did to help our mission. And they're like, our mission? Uh-uh. And Michael says, no, 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 no. Technically, we're not here. I have documents that prove that we're not here. And uh, uh, Jim Carrey Caesar then says, what we do is different. No one here hunts with modern weapons. Only vintage firearms. And when you, and this is funny, I just thought of this. When Mm. she shot Flavio and Maciel, her gun was like futuristic looking. It looked like a different than a regular old gun. Mm -hmm. So it was, I was like, oh, that's weird that this guy had to like make a point to be like our vintage firearms. Mm. Yeah. When suddenly in the earpiece, it speaks again and blam, blam, blam. All those gringo motherfuckers shoot the moto couple to death. And then they all fight to try and claim who gets the points of killing these two people. So now we know these gringos are here to kill as many people as they can and get the most points that they can. Is there money involved with anything? No, it's literally just for the thrill of killing people. Yeah, thrill kill. This fucking Jim Carrey ass motherfucker being like, I shot her. I shot her. I shot her. Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. List. You know how we have like our list of most hated Uike Horror characters? Add all these motherfuckers to the list. Holy shit. Wow. The rage (laughs) I felt. Back at the farm, Pacochi has discovered the massacre, not only of the farm, but of his friends, Flavio and Maciel. And Damiano meets him there and he tells him, listen, I saw a UFO drone, dude, and uh, it doesn't belong to anybody here. 
and they both load up Flavio and Maciel to take their bodies back to Bacurau. Can I just but say Paco- real quickly, I'm so sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt you. I love that Damiano is like, I saw a drone. He not for oh, a yeah. second was like, oh, I, I saw a UF. No, he knows. Whereas yeah. like these fucking gringos de mierda would be like, oh, this fucking idiot won't know. He'll think it's a UFO. And, yeah. and Damiano was like, it was a drone. Of course I fucking drone. knew it was a drone. I Disgu- love that so much. He, he even says disguised as an old timey UFO. Right. Like, who the fuck do you he think I am, bitch? He is onto it immediately. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So Pacochi tells Damiano, listen, go to Bacurau. I'm going to go find Lunga. Okay. On a cliffside, using a mirror, Pacochi signals over to the dam. Like, we finally see, like, a big old dam. And at a t- one of the towers of the dam, a signal, another mirror signal is returned. So he drives over. From the tower, Lunga looks down and he... and and Pacochi opens the jeep cover and shows the dead bodies of Flavio and Maciel. So Lunga and his two guns come running down from the tower, and one of his two goons is cousins with Flavio, mm. and he is very upset. And Pacochi tells them that about the farm massacre, too. He says, seven people in one night. They shot up our water truck, and Pacochi tells them that if they want to, the three of them can come to Bakurao because they know the town knows what these three people have done for them and they'd be welcome. There's food there. If you're hungry, if you're thirsty, come to Bakurao. We need your help, basically. And Lunga gets real close to Pacochi and says, Você vai voltar a ser Pacochi? Are you going to come back to being Pacochi? Mm. And I think that was already established when when Pacochi was like, I'm not Acasio, I'm Pacochi. Like, yeah. my dude is in. He yeah. already made the turn. Very quickly, just want to say that the in-between shots of the paisaje uh. of this film, we just get these sunsets and all these beautiful, a lot of moments of going into nighttime, especially because we now know that Bakurao is a night bird that hunts mm-hmm. at night. That's think it's very telling of this. Yeah. But also just like, just the views we see, it's so beautifully shot, this film. I can't get over it. Agreed. And greener than you would think of in like yes. what is supposed to be a very arid place. Fucking Absolutely. gorgeous. It's nighttime and the town is watching on DJ Ursu's LED screen truck. <laughs> the Pacochi compilation video of his quote unquote successes. Seus sucessos. Which turns out to be a top 10 of murders that he has committed yeah. around Brazil. Because it says Recife, Baracantu, like it's just a bunch of places and it's just him pulling the trigger and assassinating motherfuckers. It's even titled Rei do Teco Pacote, which means Trigger King Pacote. Okay. So I'm assuming he what he was, is, trying not to be whatever, a hitman, gang member, alguasi, a, well, assassin. Well, if he's associated with Lunga, I think right. that's, that's like gang idea. member vibes. Yeah. Sure. I just need to say in one of these uh, murder scenes that we see, we hear my favorite sound of all time, the Wilhelm scream, which I was like, I literally was like, Wilhelm! You have to, inc- every time we hear it, you have to include it. You have, I have you must. To. I cannot. There's no not way around it. it. <laughs> So Pacochi arrives in town and he addresses everybody. He says, guys, Lunga is here. 
and the town applauds her and all the 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 people that or the two goons that she's with. Hay una señora that's the like, señora. Que hope es a menino. When I tell you the cackle that fell out of my face both times, <laughs> yeah. I was like, Que hope es a menino. Oh my God. Because her so outfit great. is quite outlandish, you know? Yes. Like it's she, uh... she has attached like a mullet fall yeah. at the back of her yes. hair. Yeah. She looks fab. Yeah. But then we hear a woman wail. And basically, it's our store clerk discovering the bodies of Flavio and Maciel. And I think either Flavio was her partner or her son. I couldn't tell like, yeah. age wise, but she's holding Flavio and she is like this woman. Her part was small, but mighty. Like yeah. every time they cut to her a lot of times where it's just her showing emotion. And I was like, bitch, you are acting your face off. Agreed 100%. She Damn. fucking delivers. Her wails are soul-crushing. Like, <laughs> this, is totally. this is just heartbreaking. Yeah. It's a little while later, and we see the mobile brothel has a little bit of a line going on, so people are ah. waiting their turn. Ah. <laughs> Windows open. Door Windows open. open. Everybody's like... The guy this is literally... Open. <laughs> Clapping like to the sound the of the beat sex. To the, of the, it's amazing. I, I can't mean, even get open over it. for business, everybody. Yes, Ugh, we're here. Incredible. And we're like, we're vulnerable and like, yeah, we're fucking. And yeah, I'm waiting up. my turn. We're gonna have let a great me, time. Let, let me have a drink of water and take a rest, and then you'll come in. Okay, cool. <laughs> we also see a group of people doing some capoeira, which is great. Classic. Little children are running in the streets. And it's basically this community trying to cope with these two mm. horrible murders. They sing songs. We see them uh, around the caskets with the two bodies inside. And they're drinking and smoking. They're mourning. But they're still, like, doing their town stuff. Yeah. But it's grief-stricken, obviously. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Lunga and her two goons eat and drink because they've been in that tower for so long and they're like, Jesus. And now we have a hole to dig. And she walks over to an area on the ground where there's like a manhole. Mm-hmm. And then she walks a couple of steps away from it, just like, like she's counting how many steps. Yeah. And she's like, here. And they start to dig. The little children of town are running in another area and they decide to play a game of who goes farthest into the dark. Terrifying. They, it's, yeah, no thanks. I no wouldn't thank do you. that shit. I wouldn't do that shit now. I'm 40, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so they pick one of the little boys to go first. He takes a flashlight. He walks down towards the darker area of this field they're in. And the kids yell, Cuidado con a Dona Carmelita <laughs> y con Flavio y Maciel. So wow. they're like, watch out for the ghosts of these people that yeah. just died. But, yeah. Man. So the little boy puts down his flashlight and comes running back. And then next is the next guy who takes the flashlight and he's like, Eu sou corajoso. I'm brave. Sweet baby. And he walks over to the flashlight. He grabs it and he starts walking in further into the darkness. Mas de repente, he sees some feet. He gasps in surprise. And when he looks up, we see Jim Carrey sees her. And then we hear a silenced shot. 
he's killed this tiny kid. The children from far away see this and they run screaming back into the middle of town as Jim Carrey Caesar disappears back into the darkness. In the town square, the LED screen turns to midnight and the electricity goes down oh, God. throughout the town everywhere. Lunga, who is still digging that hole with her goons, says, A gente está sendo atacado. We're being attacked. Like she knew. There's yeah. no, like she's like, I know. This town the knows. The children are screaming in the back, and we hear somebody say, Mataram o menino, porra. They killed the boy, damn it. So they drop everything and all of them with flashlights go to the area and they find the boy. The mother finds the boy and she wails. It's just horrible. Oh, my God. Again, Again, these performances by this house, this house, this this cast. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And it's also incredible how invested at least I'll speak for myself, but like how invested I was in this town and how much I cared about them. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, this was just Absolutely. so sad. So as they bring his little body back to the town square, an older couple, Claudio and Nelinha, they see this and they're like, no, we're going to go. We can't handle this. This is too much for me. And Claudio says, Nelinha, get in the car. We're getting the fuck out of here. Mm. So they start to drive away. And Pacochi runs after them saying, no, dude, it's very dangerous. You can't get out of here. You can't go. But they don't care. And from the drone, we hear the gringos saying, there's a car going left or whatever. The description of the people, one male, one female to the rest of their crew. So now the hunt really is on. Mm. Jake and Julia, who are a British guy and fucking a piece of shit, uh, not bangs lady. So Jake and Julia, two of the gringos, are closest to the area where the car is going. So they're like, we're on it. So Claudio and Nelinha are driving away and she's praying and praying and praying. Oh and she's God. begging like, please, let's just leave tomorrow. Like this. We can't do this. It's so dark. It's horrible. So scary. Cuando from the darkness. Out come Jake and Julia, and they legit Tommy gun these two down. They like fucking like it's horrible. They shoot them dead and they get on their fucking earpiece and they're like, oh, my God, we fucking did it. Yes, that's one for let's we both take the credit. We both take the credit. And full of adrenaline, Julia turns to fucking Jake and she's like, hey, you want to fuck? And then they do. They fuck because they're so pumped that they killed somebody. I know. It's believe this. And like when they're running up to the car, this bitch is like, this is fucking awesome. I I know. Will burn this place to the ground. Like I (laughs) can I am shocked at how angry this movie made me. Yes. But like it my emotions ran the get like all the fucking emotions. But the anger I felt toward these fucking pieces of shit was Really, really incredible. <laughs> yes. So over at the gringo headquarters, Terry, which is one of the other gringos, is upset at Jim Carrey Caesar for having killed a child. Oh, 
Now you have morals, bitch. Now. Now a warning. <laughs> okay, so you think? Okay, I called him douche sunglasses because he just said he wears the douchiest fucking sunglasses. Yes, but I was like, very douchey. When you fucking signed up for this shit, you didn't think there would be kids in this town. Hello. What, He's what like, the I, fuck? I didn't sign up for this. He yes, was you a did. He says. He was a child, not a criminal, insinuating that the rest of the town is filled with criminals. I hate you. I hate yeah. you. I hate yeah. you. Oh, yeah. my God. And then Ugh. to put more coal and kerosene on our I... burning bodies, because I fully <laughs> am with you. I'm a maid of a volcano right now. <laughs> Fucking Jim Carrey Caesar is like, uh, he could have been 16 and he could have been armed. I couldn't see. It was dark. Eat a dick, you I son of a bitch. will not. He's like, I thought his, I thought his flashlight was a gun. Fuck you. But also, this is so... United States of America Ooh, right here. We're a country of guns. Like you said, a fucking country of guns. The thing emitting a beam of light, that I thought that gun. was a fucking gun. Kiss my ass. Are you kidding me? This three foot tall child was a 16 year old sure. to you? Yeah, sure. Abs but this is so telling. This is so fucking telling. Absolutely. Ugh. And over the earpiece, whoever is the higher power says it doesn't matter because Jim Carrey Caesar has scored. Like he still got the point for killing this Disgusting. kid. Disgusting. Okay. It's morning. A storm goes by, and we see Kate and Willie. Okay, I just need to preface that this is my favorite scene of this film. Mine <laughs> too. I could watch this scene. Over 17 times and over, over. And over. I'm so yeah. glad. This is, uh, yes, agreed 100%. My favorite fucking scene in this movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we see Kate and Willie. Kate is bangs and Willie walking through the bush, heading to Damiano's isolated cottage. In his greenhouse, he waters his plants, he's chatting with them, and he is butt ass. Naked, just dang a langin cock out, out and about, yeah. like no shame, truly living his fucking life, watering his plants in the nude. What a delight, enjoying his life. Older dude looks great, like I'm just yeah. like having a great morning. Love good for you. <laughs> so, as he's spraying, he looks out of his greenhouse window and he sees them. But when I saw it the first time, I didn't notice that he sees them. The second time I was I was like, oh, he just saw them. And because he because he, he keeps it cool. He like spray, spray. Oh, he clocks them and then he's like, I'm just gonna keep spraying. No, no problem. As a cucumber. Table, a oh cool the coolest cook cucumber. <laughs> the coolest <laughs> cucumber that ever cooked, okay? <laughs> and he is like, he grabs a little something, one of his like herbal things, he puts it in a little more pestle, he does a little zhuzh, zhuzh, and he's like, Okay, I'm just Living my life. He walks out of his greenhouse and he heads over to his uh, little mud cottage that he has. Chill. Oh. Easy peasy. Yeah. But outside, Kate uh, bangs. I'm going to call her Kate because that's what I wrote. Mm -hmm. uh, Kate and Willie approach quietly to the back door of his cottage. And they light his uh, thatch roof on fire. And as they're about to go into the cottage, the blam of a fucking cannon goes off. But bitch, 
it wasn't Damiano that got killed. Willie gets his fucking face blown right the fuck off. And inside, Damiano is standing there with this bazooka of a gun cock out just like and he's holding it right by his dick like so sideways like, yeah incredible it's like a, a, a unbelievable shot of just like this head exploding incredible dick and gun talk yes. about dick gun that's yeah. a dick gun the level of satisfaction that Ooh. this moment brings you is Delicious. Delightful. delightful. Yes. <laughs> fucking Kate with bangs is now super panicked because she saw this dude's fucking face get blown off. And she's like, oh, I'm just going to start shooting. So she shoots her shitty shotgun into the fucking ca- cottage, but doesn't land a shot, runs out of ammo, pulls out another gun and starts shooting, shooting. Pero nada. And then blam, another huge shot. But this time it hits Kate with the bangs. On her side, she falls to the ground, and we see that it's the plus-size sex worker who happened to be hanging out with our dude Damiano the night before, and she is also holding a fucking cannon of a gun with her tits out. She's butt-ass naked, too. What a dream. What a dream. What a fucking dream. (laughs) This is the best so good. So satisfying. So Amazing. satisfying. Oh, my God. <laughs> but because she was shot on the side, she's still alive. She's having a hard time breathing. It's obvious like she's been like hitting the lungs, basically. Yeah, she's fucked. But Damiano, and I was surprised at this, Damiano and the sex worker, they approach her and Kate Bang says, help me. And I was like, you got some uh, gall, Ooh, audacity, fuck the you. nerve. Yeah. No. And Damiano says, Você quer viver ou morrer? But she's obviously a stupid foreigner, so she has to pull out her fucking translating device. Again, the future. future. This one's fancy schmancy. Yeah. Everybody else's looks like a regular iPhone or tablet or whatever. Hers is like a clear square, yeah, it's like blah, blah, blah. Weird. Yeah. And she's and she holds it up basically to them and they say, Você quer viver ou você quer morrer? Which the device translates to, do you want to live or do you want to die? And Kate's like, <laughs> at first she says, I want to die. But then she says, I don't want to die. Please mm. help. Mm-hmm. Which I think it may have just been like, she fucked up her line, but it's fine. Oh, sure, sure. And then the sex friend, which is what I call her now, the sex <laughs> friend, asks, why are you doing this? Por que que você tá fazendo isso? Mm-hmm. And this stupid hoe says, I don't know. Help me, please, bitch. And then she holds up her hand and she's like, my hand. And her hand is like blown off. There is no hand there. Yeah. Yeah. And Damiano leans over and he gives her a seed in her mouth and they take her into town. The rest of the gringo crew head into town. They find old abandoned cars on the way. Some of them are like vintage police cars. And all of them seem to have bullet holes in them. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Remember before when they were like, no, no police in this town. Uh-huh. I wonder uh-huh. why. <laughs> oh, uh, I bet you this film will reveal that to us. <laughs> and this is where Michael says, listen, I'm splitting off and I'm going solo, motherfucker. So good luck. Bye. And he heads off on his own. 
we see a montage of close-ups of the townspeople's mouths taking their Damiano seeds. Mm. Okay. Michael, now alone, approaches what I think is is uh, Dahlene's house. Is this the house that Dahlene is at? I believe so. I think so. I think the, so, the, too. The, like, I, I always just refer to it as the checkpoint. I believe that's yeah. where we are. Yes. So he approaches it, but Dahlene isn't there. Instead, someone calls out to him, oh, it's Domingas. Okay. Mm. She says, pode vir, vem pra cá, come here. And on a table outside, there's a pot with stew. And there's a jar of suco de caju, which is the most Brazilian thing. <laughs> I hated suco de caju growing up. I, I wasn't a fan either. It. it tasted so gross, right? I don't remember the taste, but I remember not I being like a I fan. Do. Yeah. And just so everybody knows... In the caption, it says, so it's, she says, suco de caju. But in the caption, it says cashew milk. That's wrong. And I'm like, no, bitch. It's cashew juice. Mm. So give yourself a, a, the solid. I don't know where you would find it in the U.S., but if you can find yourself a little Brazilian store, wherever you're from. Yeah. And if they happen to have, or you could ask for suco de caju. Listen, I, I'm saying taste it because it's just, I think there's nothing else in the world that you would replicate that flavor. But I think people should know that the cashew has a fruit at one point where Brazilians mm. use that fruit to make juice and it's gross, but they love it down there. <laughs> <laughs> that Listen, I so badly now I'm like, ooh, I need to retaste this because I can't yeah, remember. I honestly want to as well, yeah. but I have such a memory that I'm like, ooh, I don't remember liking it. <laughs> Next time, me too. Next time, like we go to a Brazilian Somewhere, restaurant or something, we'll we're gonna something. if we can if they have it, we're gonna get it for sure. Suco de caju. Caju means cashew. Everybody. Mm. <laughs> okay, and then also. Ba, 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 da, ba. <sighs> I know this much is true is playing in the background. Which also takes me back to Brazil. That song takes me back to Brazil. (laughs) And she points to the air and she says, Musica Americana. So she, these are all things that seem to be inviting Michael in. Look, here's a stew. Look, here's some caju juice. Listen, American music, right? Welcome. Welcome. And Michael says, where is the man and woman that were in the vicinity? And which basically she, he means uh, Kate and Willie. And Domingas asks, por que vocês estão fazendo isso? And she says, everyone's gone. Everyone left. They are all afraid. And Michael pulls out a knife on her. Oof. And Domingas calmly, another calm cucumber, grabs her lab coat doctor jacket puts it on it's covered in blood mm-hmm. and michael's like whose blood is that whose blood is that hombre o mujer hombre o mujer which i was mujer. like i want to murder you spanish and portuguese are not interchangeable i know they're the same like they sound very similar and sure like oh if you want to in a pinch get by i it makes me so angry i agree with you i get that too like like that it's like oh in a pinch honestly like i might even do that as somebody whose spanish is stronger than my portuguese to be like i'm so sorry pero this we're talking about people are coming in here to murder them so this is different but we can hate them let's fucking hate them pero this 
really pissed me off. That he's like hombre o mujer. Same with that that horrifying uh, table meeting where the moto couple were shot at. Fucking yeah. Jim Carrey uh, a Caesar haircut is like, I want to fucking show up at Farmer Pablo's place and like shoot him. And I was like, okay, I get Pablo could be like a, a name in Portuguese, but what's established there is like Spanish is enough. It's enough. We don't need yeah. to like, we don't, fuck, we don't we fucking don't care. care. We don't need to yeah. learn their Portuguese. Ooh, yeah. pissed me off. Me too. And he also asked, besides hombre o mujer, he's like, are they dead? And Dominguez runs her finger across her throat and she's like, yeah. And she says, I try to help them, but she lost a lot of blood. And he flips the table and the stew and the caju juice, juice. go everywhere. And <laughs> My juice. And then he just walks away. As Dominguez pulls out her flask and takes a big old glug. The rest of the gringos approach the town, but no one's there. Where is everybody? Where could they be? One of them even says, I thought we'd show up and just start shooting. Oh. I'm sure you did. Two of them, who I call Nerd and Brit, but Brit is mm -hmm. the guy that, what's her name, fucked earlier. So yeah, Nerd yeah. and Brit approach from the west of the church. Julia and Jim Carrey Caesar show up on the main road and they see a clothesline with the bloodstained clothes of the people that the gringos had already killed. So Maciel, Flavio, and the little boy. Terry, who you call douche glasses, is, <laughs> Terry, <okay. laughs> is in uh, someone's house, just like looking around. No one's there. He's touching the food on the table to see how warm it is. He's like entering rooms. There's a very fun quick little flash of an older man going by in the background that I was like, oop, there he goes. There's yeah, there he video. is. And then up on a perch of, up in a hill is Michael, and he's got a giant gun with a silencer on it. And because he's an arrogant fucking prick, he just starts randomly shooting at things. He shoots a fucking dog. He uh. shoots at buildings. He shoots at all kinds of stuff. Quando de repente, a truck with a bunch of coffins arrives. Why are there so many coffins arriving? We'll mm -hmm. find out soon. Mm -hmm. And this coffin truck seems to be also a signal to these uh, the gringos because Jim Carrey Caesar is like, the coffin truck is late. Mm. Again, there's still not a soul in sight on the streets, and the men that have been that drove the coffin truck start to take down the coffins from the beds and Terry decides to go across the street into the Museo Historico de Bacurau. Mm -hmm. Finally, we get to see what's in there, and so many people want desperately for them to go inside to see. What could this museum hold? I well, can't wait for you to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see how this turns out. Uh, <laughs> inside, it's a humble museum with old sewing machines and wooden statues and carvings and stuff. We have paintings we have pictures of young men with like escopetas and hats that are meant for congaceros uh which i'll get to in trivia mm -hmm. uh, it's a very uh typical of the northeast of brazil style of hat and we also see as terry walks by a newspaper a newspaper that's been framed and the headline reads Coiteiros de Bacurau são alvos da volante. And all of this I'll explain in trivia as well. Oh, okay, uh, great. About what coiteiros are and what 
volantes are. Mm, mm-hmm. Outside, Michael shoots the coffin guys dead, and the nerd and the Brit come closer on the main road, and they pass by the hole that Lunga and her team, like, dug up. Mm-hmm. But when we look inside, it's not just a regular hole. There's a door in there, a, like a grate, door, yeah. basically, and steps that seem to go down. Back in the museum, Terry goes into another room where he finds a blank wall. But it's not totally blank. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of nails on the wall, it seems, and um, shapes of what was once hanging on said wall. And underneath those shapes are tiny little labels of what those things could be. <laughs> and I'll just read uh, what those things were labeled. Um, uh, one of them says Mauser. The other one says Winchester. Ooh. The other one says Colt 38. Oh, shit. Uh, so all these seem to be guns. And mm-hmm. Terry lets his gringo pals know, hey, by the way, some of these locals might be armed. Mm. Hmm. So Julia and fucking Jim Carrey Caesar pass the school, which we see very clearly now that is called João Carpinteiro School. And I will let Johnny explain what that means in trivia later on. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dude, so good. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So so Julia and and Jim Jim Carrey Caesar are passing by the school. and And Julia says... I feel like shooting something. And she opens fire on this building. She just is like, well, surprise, motherfucker, because the entire town is in there and they pull away their boards and they just fucking blam, 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 blam. And those two bitches, Julia Caesar, Julia and Caesar (laughs) are dead. They get fucking killed. Bye. Bye. But from the museum, Terry asks, who's shooting? Is that us? No, bitch, it ain't. And from behind him, under a straw carpet, a gun appears, and a ringed hand with a beautiful manicure pulls the trigger. And uh, as we hear Terry, like, get seems shot in the throat because yeah. there's like a lot of... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We see a portrait of a family and another painting of, a, of, a, of someone from the town. And then a picture of four dead, decapitated heads. Fucked. Old timey, wow. like yeah, black yeah, and yeah. white. Just part of the museum gang. Oh, sure. That's all it is. Memories. <laughs> great, great memories. <laughs> Another shot, and Terry goes down. And from out, from underneath the straw tapete, comes Lunga and her goons. And Lunga, <laughs> at this point, has a machete now. And she descends upon Terry with the fiery blaze of her ancestors looking down behind her, okay? And she smashes that machete into Terry's face and body. Over and Uh, over and over. While her goons behind her are like, yeah! Are just standing there cheering her on. It's amazing. It's incredible. On the main road, Nerd and Brit appear, and they're looking around, and guess what? Michael's an asshole to his own people, and he fucking shoots the Nerd dead. Great. Bye. Bye. 
Panicked, the British guy runs into the museum where he's like, whoa, this huge pile of blood. It's like dragged right towards the bottom of underneath the where the, the straw carpet was. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hello, Terry. Hello. Hello. Hello, Terry. <laughs> hello. Hello. And uh, as he passes the doorway, Lunga and her fellow townsfolk are waiting for him. And we get a shoot and a fucking machetazo and all that stuff. My dude is dead. Bye. Bye. On his perch, having heard all of this, he now knows that his entire gang is dead. Michael grabs his revolver and he goes to blow his brains out. But he looks up and floating in front of him is Dona Carmelita, the matriarch of Bacurau. This is... We're crying, we're crying. (laughs) It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful because it's Dona Carmelita is a black woman. She is very black. Yes. And she is old. She's dressed in white and she's looking at this fucking garbage person. Yeah. Not angry. She smiles at him. Yes. Yes. And then she points behind him and he turns. And there's an old fucking Bakuraoense standing there with his escopeta. And he's like, O que você está fazendo na minha terra? What are you doing on my land? You fucking hapariga son of a bitch. Listen, uh, okay. So Carmelita, her ghost appearing. And she is literally being like, Oh no, you don't. Mm-mm, no, no, no. Honey. That's not that's not gonna happen. You won't get out of this so easy. I'm very sorry. Look over there. I yeah. oof. It's just too good. It's too good. So good. So good. From the museum door, a head rolls on out to the street. And Lunga, covered in blood, steps out with another head in her hand. One of the goons. Cleans off his bloody hands before sticking his fingers in his uh, mouth and whistling <laughs> as a signal that it's okay to come out. From the hole that Lunga uh, dug, out comes a townsperson with an escopeta, and you're like, oh, they were hiding in there. And like under the, the straw tapete, mm-hmm. I'm assuming is uh, tunnels. Tunnels, yes. Yeah. This town, like we said before, is prepared. Yes. And I think that's why when Lunga was like, you're from this manhole, one, two, three, four, that little jail cell has Mm. been there for years. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. From the school, out comes Pacochi. He whistles back and uh, basically the entire town comes out. DJ also gets on his fucking microphone and he's like, all right, everybody. It's all good. And he's, It's all good. <laughs> but then he starts reciting the names of all the people that these pieces of shit killed from this town. Yeah. Together, they bring out the coffins uh, to the town square for their killed community members. And on the steps of the church are the decapitated heads of the murderers. The town holds up their phones and their tablets and they film it all. Mm. And amongst the people, Pacochi turns to Teresa and asks, Like, do you think that Lunga exact like took it a little too far? Mm. And Teresa turns to him and doesn't even turn to him. Looking at these heads is like, no. Absolutely fucking not. Nope. We hear a car approach. And when we see 
It's Tony motherfucking Jr. Oh, mm-hmm. what are you doing here, buddy? You look fancy wearing a fancy suit. Is that a big fancy schmancy van you're riding in? Oh, open that up. Are those leather seats with a single bottle of water for... Uh, the water bottles. The water bottles. The, that? The water bottles. Oof. Wow. The gall. The gall. Ooh, the gall. The nerve. And he asks Bakurao, what happened here? Where are the gringos turistas? And he sees a little part between the crowd, all the heads on the steps of the church. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And Tony Jr. is nervous. <laughs> He's like, You guys need something? You need comida, remédio? O que você precisa? O que eu te dou? Uh huh. And Lunga comes up and she's like, Oh, they died. So Tony starts a scrambling. Listen, these people were important. Listen, okay, look, we can figure out our water issue, okay? I didn't do any of this. I, didn't, I had nothing to do with any of this. I'm on your side. And Plinio walks up saying, we are on a powerful psychotropic drug, and you're going to die. So that that montage we saw, and obviously now we know for sure that the little seed that fucking Damiano has been handing out to everybody is fucking LSD on crack. And he is like, all right, everybody, let's get high as fuck and murder motherfucker. Yeah. Yes. So. And from down the street, we hear Tony. Tony. And here comes Michael, who was captured by that sweet old man. Tony. Amigo. And fucking Tony loses his shit. He's like, oh, Shanti, I don't have So I don't know who that is. Stop yelling my name. You don't know who I am. Who are you? I don't know who you are. And fucking Michael's like, you promised me, Tony. And Tony's like, I don't know you. And then Michael's like, Dinero. Again, I was like, Dinero. Dinero, Dinero. And Tony is like, shit, motherfucker. And it's like, Tony, I think you do know him because I think you were the guy in the earpiece, my guy. You got these motherfuckers to come and kill this town because you knew that they were giving you a hard time in your election situation. Right? I honestly, I didn't think that. Oh, because that those the coffins were meant for the town. That's what that coffin truck was. He's like, I know that these guys are going to murder everybody. So here, I'll send some coffins for the future. And then this is that fancy schmancy truck or van was meant to pick up them gringos after they had their murder spree. And there is that moment in the meeting, the horrifying meeting, where one of the women says, oh, our local contractor, our local Mm -hmm. contractor. Who could Mm -hmm. that be? All right. right. So cut to Tony in his underpants tied up, sitting backwards on a donkey and wearing a mask. And DJ also is on the mic and he's like, and now leaving our town, the mayor of Sehaveji, Tony Jr. May he find peace amongst the spiny thorns of the shiki-shiki. And he names a bunch of different plants from the area that are thorny and cactusy. Mm-hmm. And they said, and he, may their abrasu cause you a lot of pain because mm-hmm. 
because you caused us a lot of pain in our community. Nesse dia, a gente de Bacurau diz adeus a esse demônio que não retorne nunca mais para essa terra aqui. On this day, the people of Bacurau say goodbye to that fucking devil and he may he never return back to this land. Vá-se embora, meu filho. DJ Urso and his accent. Uh, yes, kiss. yes. And off Tony goes into the sertão to be Bye. taken by the wilderness. Yes, yeah. that donkey better come back. Yeah, <laughs> DJ Urso even says, much luck to our donkey, may he return. <laughs> As for Michael, the museum curator, Domingo's partner, grabs his face and says, I think he was once a good person. Right, Domingo's? And Domingo says, Já teve mãe. He had a mother, so he must have. An accordion plays as they push him down into the hole that they dug, into their old cell that they have. As he goes in, Michael says, We killed more people than you know. They lock him in, they cover it with a steel door, and Michael yells, this is only the beginning. And the town starts shoveling dirt over him. Fim do filme. Eileen, you <laughs> nailed this. Thank you. <laughs> Such wonderful storytelling with this movie. And it was, I mean, it was like I watched it for a third time. So <laughs> beautifully done. Thank I you. need to ask a few things real quick. Mm -hmm. They drove the police out at some point. That's what happened here, correct? So when we get to my trivia, when I talk about the cangaceros, I'm going to explain ah, all this. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Also, what was your take on the psycho, psychotrop, psycho, whatever, the, the, the drug? What the was drug. your take on that? I couldn't put my finger on that. Me neither. I was like to find bravery because when he gives it to Teresa at the beginning, it was like, you're, it, to me, it felt like you're about to experience a lot of grief, emotions, feelings. Maybe mm. this will be an easier, like. This will help you deal way. with it? Yeah, maybe an easier, maybe if you're fucking high as a kite, this will be an easier transition to go through it. So it almost felt like there's going to be some high tensions and emotions that we're going to go through communally like we're gonna we're gonna have to kill people right now mm. we know this yeah and so m maybe this drug makes it easier to approach that because it can't be easy to be like well time to kill you know what i mean absolutely yeah that's I, that was kind of the vibe that i got too where it was like and that's why i was like this feels like like you said a utopia like people came here specifically because this this place is a utopia created yeah. by like-minded people but yeah. it almost seemed like maybe a way to curb some sort of like behavior behavioral patterns Maybe. Or something like that. I, I, but that being said, I still like couldn't quite put my finger on it, but found it found it fascinating. You know what I mean? I I agree. I definitely was like, I don't think I understand the drug connection, but I love that they're fucking high as balls. And I like, was yeah, still bitch. like, cool, feel, feeling it. Yeah. Uh, however, to our listeners, if you have any takes on this, would love to hear it on Twitter yeah, or Instagram. Please let us know. What yeah. What your takes on the little chamomile bulb yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> Shriveled fucking caper. All right, uh, let's get into some trivia. Let's do it. All right, everybody, this is my trivia for today. 
Let's begin with just like some basic IMDb trivia. So what Eileen mentioned before, I feel like I got to start off with this one. You really do, yeah. Uh, let's, let's just start off with this. So the name of the school portrayed in the movie is João Carpinteiro, which translates to John Carpenter. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And also... I'm going to admit on both our parts, we both didn't fucking catch it. Not at all. I can't believe we didn't catch it, but (laughs) I will. I'm going to admit it. I'm just going to fucking admit it. So apparently it says here, director Mendonça Filho is a fan of Carpenter's work. And this I was like, oh, cool. He featured one of Carpenter's tracks in Bakurao's soundtrack when they're doing Capoeira. The uh-huh. the do 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 synthy track that I believe is the John Carpenter track Night. Whoa, cool! Cool, right? Very cool. Yeah, because it goes from the da dun dun yes, and it fades into because they're doing in their morning the Flavio mm-hmm. Maciel. Wow, okay, I yeah, love and that. it's like dark synthy music. Yeah. I believe that's the one. All right. So it says here that Bakurao is a fictional place. We know that. It was actually shot in the small village of, I think it's Baja, B-A-R-R-A, Baja, near the city of Parelias in Rio Grande do Norte, a community with 80 inhabitants. Wow. Wow. Most of whom worked on the production as extras and as part of the crew. And a year after filming wrap, the filmmakers held a special screening of the film there, and almost 3,000 people showed up, which is very, very cool. Oh, my heart. Love that. This film figured in Barack Obama's list of favorite movies and TV shows of 2020. (laughs) Come on! Of course! My dude knows Come on, all right. We miss and you, this, uh, this was interesting. The username of one of the, the drone operators is Chris1982, which apparently is a reference to John Carpenter's The Thing that was released in 1982. Mm-hmm. And not for nothing, it was a, a UFO is what brings the thing into the Hello. Antarctica. Hello, so, yes. Boom. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. So just a few interesting. I did. I found this uh, YouTube video uh, called it's from Mubi, you know, like the streaming service, I believe. And so it's called Mubi Bakurao in conversation with Klebe Mendonça Filho and Juliano Dornelis, who are the directors of this film. So just a few interesting things here. These directors have been working together for almost 20 years at this point. However, this was their first film together, first feature length film together. And they nailed. Cool. There's like this small group of duo filmmakers coming out of Brazil, like that are just nailing mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Incredible. Yeah. So another thing that they said in this interview uh, on YouTube is that at a film festival in Brasilia, they saw some documentaries that portrayed people living out in Brazil in a very patronizing way. And that really made them mad. And so that kind of inspired them to make this film. And they also didn't plan to film this movie together. It just kind of happened naturally, which I find beautiful. Like even the directing process, like it just seems like it just kind of organically happened, which sounds so lovely. Yeah. Klebe apparently has made a bunch of horror shorts, which we should keep in mind. Okay. Yes, we definitely have to start Yes, for future episodes. 
So they mentioned a woman named Hinata Holberta, who I believe was like a casting, either associate or she she worked in casting for this film. And so mm-hmm. the extras, like the people of the town, who uh, some of them actually were, I believe, people from Baja, but were outcasts from this region. And so oh. they were just like outcasts from the local communities, like homosexuals, trans people, poets, artists, clowns, quote unquote, crazy people. And the directors said that they Whoa. that these people were amazing to work with. And the the directors themselves wanted to create a community like they actually had in their own lives. And so this last thing they yeah. said will lead me into my next thing of trivia. So because I find this film to be mm. quite political. So let's just kind of go into that yes. kind of thing here. So I found this article from slantmagazine.com. It was written by Marshall Schaffer. Schaffer? Schaffer. And uh, I just really, because f- listen, they're dealing with Bolsonaro, hopefully for not much longer in Brazil right now. When this episode comes out, it'll be about a week after the re-electing uh, wow. part of it. Yeah. Because they on October thirtieth they're going back oh my God, to the oh my God. polls, and like, yeah, it's a whole it's yeah. a whole thing. It's Bolsonaro against Lula, and like, listen, it's tough because it's like the people that are for him are really for yeah, him. It's, it's Trump. The, it's Trump. It's Trump. Uh, and same. I hate it. Absolutely. So in this article, they mention that they say here the directors say. We have been talking for years about Bakurao, like they were talking about working on it. And with everything that happened in 2016 in Brazil, when millions of Brazilians saw a soft coup d'etat. And then Dohneli says, I don't see it as soft. <laughs> so Cle- <laughs> Damn, yes, so Klebe was like, it's soft because you expect tanks. That's when Brazil began uh-huh. to deviate from what we see as democracy. And then, incredibly, we got to Bakurao, and it's almost like we're entering what should be dystopian fiction, but it's actually reality. I have to say, Trump's election in the U.S. was part of what we were feeling, a change in the rotation of the political temperature. And then we just wrote the film, feeling very connected to the moment. Then people tried to insinuate that the film was a vision of Bolsonaro's Brazil, This, of course, he says, though, doesn't make any sense because we shot the film seven months before he was even elected. Isn't that incredible? Like, yeah, but it's like they could tell where that there was like a shift happening, which is so dark and scary. That is so scary. scary. Yeah. And so to continue on that idea. The interviewer says, or like the next question is, it's an interesting choice that at the end of the film, the villagers choose to bury Michael, Udo Kier's character. That feels like it's setting the stage for this to happen again. And so Klebe says, we actually wrote a war style execution engine, like with hands tied in the Second World War. Bakochi would come and just shoot him in the head and he would fall into the hole. Uh, But clearly they didn't go with that. And... (laughs) Fucking Giuliano says, it's boring, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> and so, yeah. and so Klebe continues, I remember 20 years ago when I was a child, the whole idea of fascism was just impossible. It never worked. It's horrible. It killed millions of people. And now it's like time has passed. It's like people think, oh, maybe fascism is interesting. And then Giuliano says, it started to flourish again. And Klebe says, so Udo is like, a seed, a plant. 
interesting, huh? Like, that's really scary. Because they they bury him down there and he's like, this is just the beginning, you know? Ugh, that gives me chills. Chills. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. All right, let's take a little bit of a shift to something more lighthearted. Let's talk about Silveiro Pereira. I believe he goes by he, him pronouns, I think. But in the film, the character went by she, her pronouns. So I will refer to him as he. Yes. So first of all, Mm -hmm. find him at Silveiro Pereira on Instagram, where he has 1.6 million followers. So Silveiro Pereira, yeah. born June 20th, 1982. So he is a Gemini. Is that correct? Yes, he's a Gemini. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a Brazilian actor and director. He has a degree in performing arts from the Federal Institute of Ceará. He, he started his artistic, artistic career at the age of 17 doing theater. And he has been married for 10 years to the playwright from Rio de Janeiro, Rafael Barbosa. In addition to working with groups from Ceará, he founded two companies in Fortaleza. Inquieta Compañía de Teatros, is that correct? And Cole- mm-hmm. Colectivo Artístico, As Travestidas. Did I get it? Sounds right. So As Travestidas is composed of trans actors. And the project is, it's based out of Fortaleza, and it's already produced seven shows, which is incredible. Wow. And it also, like, I think they do tours because it says with seasons in the South and Southeast regions. Very cool. Nice. His film debut was in the feature film Seja Pelada 2013, which later became a series on Globo. During a performance of the play B.R. Trans in Rio de Janeiro, Silveiro was discovered by Gloria Perez, who invited him to participate in the nine o'clock soap opera A Força do Querer, which I guess... Dude, the 9 p.m. slot the is one? the one that you want to be 9 p.m., baby. That's well, the one. 9 p.m. is after the news. It's when everybody's like, okay, I'm getting ready to like, I'm slowing down my day. 9 bam. p.m. is where the good nice. shit happens. Fucking yes. nailed it. So for this work, he was nominated in the 22nd edition of the Best of the Year Award from Brazil in the category of Best New Actor. His recognition grew when he starred in this film, Bacurau. And for this role, Silveiro won several awards, including the Grande Prêmio do Cinema Brasileiro. Nice. Cool. So highly recommend following on Instagram. Please go do it. Love. He also went to Cannes with this film and he went on uh, on the red carpet in his drag persona. And she has a name and I didn't save mm-hmm. the article, but uh, he like showed up and he was like, I'm her. Hello. Amazing. Perfect time. Amazing. So, yeah. And you fabulous. look up. You got to look up the picture of of that of that. I, I believe it's the, pic- the picture from Cannes. She looks incredible, like Uh fucking done up. Totally. And my last little thing of trivia here, let's talk about Capoeira, all right? So this is from from Wikipedia. Capoeira is a Brazilian art form that combines elements of martial arts, dance, acrobatics, music, and spirituality. Born of the melting pot of enslaved Africans, indigenous Brazilians, and Portuguese influences at the beginning of the 16th century, capoeira is a constantly evolving art form, which is just beautiful. 
It is yeah. known for its acrobatic and complex maneuvers, often involving hands on the ground and inverted kicks. It emphasizes flowing movements rather than fixed stances. The jinga, a rocking step, is usually the focal point of the technique. The most widely accepted origin of the word capoeira comes from the Tupi words ka'a, apologies if not not pronouncing that correctly, which means forest and Bau, which means round, referring to the areas of low vegetation in the Brazilian interior where fugitive enslaved people would hide. Wow. Though often said to be a martial art disguised as dance, capoeira served not only as a form of self-defense, but also as a way to maintain spirituality and culture, which I just find so, so beautiful. Dude, they used to have moments in PE where they're like, "Okay, we're yeah. gonna do a little." Capoeira I remember seeing Capoeira when, when was... I lived in Brazil, and it's just, it's really, it's really incredible. And That's I great. fully lied to you. I have one last little teeny thing of trivia. I'm so sorry, it's very <laughs> small. Uh, I don't want to talk a lot about uh, Udo Kier, pero I just want to mention that Udo Kier was born in Cologne, the 14th of October of 1944. So he is a Libra, and he was born near the end of World War II. So this is from Wikipedia. The hospital where he was born was, was bombed by the invading Allied forces moments after his birth. And he and his mother had to be dug out of the rubble. Holy fucking, fucking shit, nuts. bro. Anyway, that's my trivia for today. Wow. We got to talk about our Sonia motherfucking Braga. This is what Wikipedia has to say. Okay, so Sonia Braga, Sonia Maria Campos Braga, born... The 8th of June, 1950, Gemini, is a Brazilian actress. She is known in the English-speaking world for her Golden Globe Award-nominated performances in Kiss of the Spider Woman, 1985, and Moon Over Parador, 1988. She also received a BAFTA Award nomination in 1981 for Dona Flor e Seus Dois Maridos, which was first released in 1976. Dona Flor e Seus Dois Maridos is an amazing novella about a woman who's married to a man. He dies. She marries again, and her her first husband's ghost returns, and she's having this, like, (gasps) affair with him. Wow. It's very fun and, and... very sexy. Oh, you want to see a sexy film? Oh man, because she's a stunner. Film. She's a fucking stunner. Amazing. Uh, and in 1976, it was, and you know, Brazil loves to be like mm-hmm. tits and dick out, and so tits it's and just dick. like sexy times, magu, <laughs> but ghosts. <laughs> For the 1994 television film The Burning Season, she was nominated for an Emmy Emmy Award and a third Golden Globe Award. Her other television and film credits include The Cosby Show. I didn't know that. Holy shit. Sex and the City. Hello, Mm -hmm. Babing. And uh, Alias, Aquarius, Bakurao, and Fatima. In 2020, the New York Times ranked her as the number 24 in its list of the 25 greatest actors of the 21st century. She's the daughter of Elio Fernando Ferraz Braga and Maria Braga Jaci Campos, a costume designer from Maringá. Sonia Braga is the aunt of Alice Braga, who oh, is very popular on, on American oh films, my too. God. Yeah. When Braga was eight years old, her father died, and she attended a convent school in the city of São Paulo in her teens. Sonia's brother, Elio, presented the TV Tupi children's show Jardim Encantado, which means um, Enchanted Garden, 
At age 14, Braga was invited by director Vicente Sesso to play small roles in the children's program. In 1968, she was cast in the first Brazilian production of the musical Hair. Sonia was at first turned down by the director, but at the insistence of the producer, she joined Antonio Fagundes, who is a huge Uh Brazilian actor, and Ney Latojaca and the rest of the cast. Ooh, despite Institutional Act Number 5 enacting dictatorship in Brazil, the musical ran for three years. What is Institutional Act Number 5, you said? It was the fifth of 17 major decrees issued by the military dictatorship in years following the 1964 coup d'etat mm. in Brazil. And I'm sure it had something to do yeah, with the cutting arts, the arts probably, funding, something like that. Yeah. Caetano Veloso. Another man you should, again, another, make a list of Spotify, gang. I said it earlier, but Caetano Veloso in 1977 wrote the song Chigresa, which means tigress, in <gasps> tribute to her. In 1975, Braga starred in the telenovela Gabriela in an adaption of Jorge Amado's novel Gabriela, Clove, and Cinnamon. The soap opera was a great national and international success, establishing Sonia Braga as a sex symbol. Braga was the first Brazilian to present a category at the Oscars. She was announced by Goldie Hawn as one of the most glamorous actresses in the world before appearing with Michael Douglas, who announced the result of Best Short Film. In 1999, after nearly 20 years away from Brazilian television, the actress made a cameo in the first 15 chapters of the soap opera Força de um Desejo by, by Gilberto Braga. Oh, this is fun. During the 1980s, Braga had a relationship with actor Robert Redford. Wow. Very saucy. So that's just a little bit about Sonia Braga. There's so much more to her. She's very cool. Everybody should know about her and go watch Dona Yeah, I want to see it now. So great. What is. O sertão. Okay. The sertão is the hinterland or back country in Brazil. It refers both to one of the four subregions of the northeast region of Brazil. Uh, a similar association would be the outback sure. in Australia. So good reason for you to be like yeah, yeah. Uh, Wolf Creek in the beginning. Northeast Brazil is largely covered in a scrubby upland forest called as Caatingas. Its borders are not precise. It is an economically poor region that is well known in Brazilian culture with a rich history and much folklore, something like the American Mm. South. Originally, the term referred to the vast hinterlands of Asia and South America that Portuguese explorers encountered. In Brazil, it referred to the backlands away from the Atlantic coastal regions where the Portuguese first settled in South America in the early 16th century. A Brazilian historian once referred to colonial life in Brazil as a civilization of crabs, as most settlers clung to the shoreline with few trying to make inroads into the sertão. In modern terms, sertão refers to a semi-arid region. And it compromises the parts of the states of Alagoas, Bahia, Pernambuco, Paraíba, Rio Grande do Norte, 
Ceará, Maranhão, Piauí, Sergipe and Minas Gerais. So that's a little bit about what that means nice. in that. Oh, very quickly. The term sertão is also used in Portuguese to correspond to sertão music or música sertaneja, right. roughly translated to country music. So it's very much an ecological geo geological mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. term, but also like it influences like música sertaneja, people from the sertão. Yeah, I had no that idea concept. that that's where a música sertaneja, like the word, no idea that's where it came mm -hmm. from. Totally. Okay, let's talk about the cangaço. Cangaço was a phenomenon of Northeast Brazil in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. This region of Brazil is known for its aridness and hard way of life and in a form of social banditry against the mm. government. Many men and women decided to become nomadic bandits, roaming the hinterlands, seeking money, food, and revenge. Okay. By 1834, the term cangaceiro was already used to refer to bands of poor peasants who, who inhabited the northern eastern deserts wearing leather clothing and hats carrying carabines, revolvers, shotguns, and the long, narrow knife known as the peixeira. Cangaceiro was a pejorative expression meeting a person who could not adapt himself to the coastal lifestyle. So remember yeah. I said yeah, yeah, the yeah. coast and city of So these of people crabs, were willing to be people? like, I'm getting away from the coast. Exactly. By the mid-19th century in that region, there were two main groups of loosely organized armed outlaws. The jagunços, who were mercenaries who worked for whoever paid their price, usually landowners who wanted to protect or expand their territorial limits and also deal with farm workers, and the cangaceros, who were social ban bandits, who had some level of support from the poorest population. The 1920s and the 1930s saw the height of the cangacero activity, with the most prominent bands numbering up to as many as 100 bandits. The bandits often behaved well to the poorer sections of society, performing acts of, sh of charity, buying goods for higher than usual prices from small shopkeepers, and giving free parties, aka bailes. In contrast, the wealthy were robbed, <laughs> targeted for forced monetary contribution or extortions, and were often kidnapped and held wow. for ransom. The, can the cangaceiro bands were sheltered by helpers within the population who also provided information which helped them escape from police forces known as volantes. Mm -hmm. So remember in the, in the newspaper yeah. headline, it said, Colteiros são alvos de volantes. Their alvo means... Um, I'm a cop and yeah. I'm chasing you and you're my you're my, my hit. Aim. You're, my, you're my yeah, you're my you're goal. my goal, you're basically. My, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? So the volunteers were sent by the government to destroy them. The poorer inhabitants of the backlands of the Brazilian Northeast were generally badly treated by the paramilitary police and often preferred the presence of cangaceiro bands in their mm. settlements. So very quickly, what coiteiros are. Coiteiros were the people that helped cangaceiros. Uh, a lot of times they were relatives or friends or ex-neighbors or simply had some interest in their power or they were afraid mm. of them. 
and volantes were a small and special band of troops, around 20 to 60, from every state of the Brazilian Federation formed by the government law enforcement agencies sent to seek and destroy the cangaceiros. The cangaceiro often referred to them as monkeys uh, because of their brown uniforms and their willingness to obey orders. So they, it, it says monkeys, pero es mm -hmm, macacos, mm -hmm. is what they would call them. Some of them carried modern Hotchkiss machine guns, which is so funny because, remember, our gringos are yeah, carrying old-timey guns and mm. machine guns. Uh, weapons that the cangaceros quickly learned to fear, but were always willing to steal uh, for their wow. own use. <laughs> and very quickly, I just want to say, uh, talk about mm -hmm. their clothing, because we saw there, there's a specific hat they wear, but it says here, the cangaceros had very specific notions of how to behave and dress. First of all, most of them knew how to sew quite well. Living in the desert lands of the northeast of Brazil, they had to survive amidst, amid spiky dry bushes. <laughs> Despite the heat during the day, the cangaceiro preferred to wear leather clothing embellished with all kinds of colored ribbons and metal pieces. They also used leather gloves with coins and other pieces of metal sewn onto them, almost like armor, but with decorative purposes. And very quickly, I also need to talk about this cangacero weapons were mostly mauser bolt, bolt wow. action and Hello. winchester like level action rifles revolvers and the famous parabelo it is claimed that like macaco belo was another slang term for policemen hence pistols were called parabelo mm -hmm. stopped the mm -hmm. beautiful <laughs> however the name seems to be actually a derivation of the latin expression parabellum which means prepare oh, wow. for war. They also made famous a thin, long, and very sharp knife nicknamed a peixeira, or a fish filleting knife, used mostly to torture or cut the throats of their victims. The knife was also used in a very specific way to kill quickly. The blade was stabbed downwards between the neck and Ooh. collarbone, and due to its length, the blade would cause instantly lethal damage to major blood vessels and the heart. And that's the end that is of my trivia. Fucked. All right. You want to answer some questions for me? Absolutely. All right. Eileen, were you scared? I was mostly tense and unnerved and mm -hmm. livid. But I don't know if I sure. was scared. Because if anything, I believed in mm. our small town. Mm -hmm. And I knew that when time were to come, that it sure. was going to go down. So, yeah. Yeah. I said yes. I was scared for them. I really was. I was like, I really don't want them to hurt these people. Uh, so I just said yes. Yeah. I was I was scared. Uh, what was your best sure. scare? Honestly, when the moto couple went into the store mm. with our store mm -hmm. clerk, there was enough there where I was like, once the tech flap went on, I was like, yeah. uh-uh, I don't know, I don't know. And I will give a, a second shout-out to when they stopped Flavio and Maciel on their way back to Bacurau. I, that really yeah. unnerved me. I, that was, I actually have two, and one of them was th that fucking Maciel and Flavio 
and him just being like, we're going to die. Uh, that was so scary yeah. to me. And also the kids playing at night. Terrifying. God, that was oh, scary. Yeah. So, yeah, Horrible. those those are going to take it for me. Who was your favorite character? Oh, dude. It's impossible. This is impossible. so hard. Okay, I'm going to give it mm-hmm. to a few people. Obviously, Dominguez. You got to give it to Sonia Braga for just looking at that guy in the face and saying, I'm going to cut your dick off and give it to the <laughs> chickens. Uh, I'm going to give it to Seopliniuk, who was just... Oof. The mm-hmm. nuance in there. I'm going to give it to that store clerk who literally, like, the moments where she was just standing there. I was like, God damn it. You are delivering yeah. a performance. And <laughs> so sorry, but Lunga and Pacochi also deserve mwah, some delightful Absolutely. praise. So, I honestly, everybody, everybody yeah. but... Yeah, if I if I need yeah, to yeah, give yeah. specifics, Agreed. I guess. I also have a list. So of course, Domingas, <laughs> love her. Plinu, love. Um, and I agree with every single person you said, because we're literally saying everybody, but I just gotta give a shout out to Damianu and the and the Damianu the sex worker. And our sex I friend. was just like, you two are stars. Oof. I love you both so much. What was your best line? Oh boy. Uh, definitely. Eu vou cortar seu pau mm-hmm. e dou para as galinhas when Domingas is gonna is threatening him. Um, Bacurau sempre teve aqui. Bacurau sempre teve mm-hmm. no mapa. I was like, yeah, that's good. And not for nothing, but que roupa é essa menina? So good, so good. Oh, that senhora. Yeah, there's so many more too, but that's what I can like. Quickly yeah. scroll through in my There's so many. Notes. I will try to when when she when fucking Dominga says la volta machucada, I won't say the whole thing because you say it better than I can, but that fucking line, like I said, I rewound, rewound, rewound. She's so good. Yeah. But then there was a line that the Moto chick said to Udo Kier, mm-hmm. where he is like, he's like, I'm not gonna try his German accent, but he was basically like, I have documents <laughs> say that say that I'm not here. And she was like, but you are here. And it was like, uh-huh. I was like, look, fuck this moto bitch because she sucks and she's killing our people. But yeah. I still was like, I love that she said that because she's like, you can't just fucking do this. You are here and yeah. you are murdering these people. So I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, this you're doing this. Like, you can't be like, oh, no, I'm, I'm not doing it. Fuck you. You're doing this. What was yeah, your best totally. death? I mean. Fucking Willie, dude. Fuck you, Willie. <laughs> Fuck you, Willie. That whole entire Damiano's cottage scene. I mean, obviously, but when just that face blowing off and then seeing him butt ass, dick out, gun out. I mean, it's fan. It is fan fucking tastic. I agree with you. That's it. Yeah. That is it. That's oh my it. god, so good. Yeah. Did you learn anything about the culture? Absolutely. This film couldn't i mean we've done a few brazilian films and and i love that a lot of them are so politically heavy and there's no shame and just like living this brazilian Mm. truth and like if i don't give a shit if you're wherever the fuck you are i'm gonna be as brazilian as i fucking can i love that there was this other section of brazil that we're seeing the sertão i learned a lot about cangaceiros and all this stuff and I mean, there's no way not to. Totally. Like you said, it's a history lesson. 
Yes, absolutely. And eerie look at what's happening now politically yeah. and everything. And it doesn't really like hit you on the head with it either. It just like it just delicately gives no. it to you. It's just so beautifully done. The politics totally. are there, but it's not punching yeah, you in yeah. the face. So. Agreed. I said yes, totally. Learned a lot from agree with everything Absolutely. you just said. 100%. And finally, how many oois do you give this movie? Motherfucking five, dude. How can I not? Amazing. How can I not? I love that. Listen, it's not super horror-y. And usually I would maybe ding sure, it sure. for that. But this movie is the level of community, of support. Like, you're immediately on these people's side. It's the town itself, not to be all sex in the city, but she's our fifth <laughs> character. Totally. But the Absolutely. Is this being it feels like that's how wonderful it is to see that community and there's something so fucking tasty of when these motherfuckers this like colonial vibe that comes across and they're like no motherfucker you think you're gonna come in my space and just like do whatever you want Good yeah. luck to you, because I'm about to rip your head off, yeah. my yeah. guy. Yeah, literally rip your head off. So I think it's... Uh, uh, you got to watch mm-hmm. this movie. It's so fucking beautiful. It's so rewarding. Is it a little confusing at times? Sure. Watch it again, you it'll be the bitches. It'll be better <laughs> on second watch. Better. Yeah. I'm telling better you. Better time yeah. second time yeah. around, for sure. Oh, my God. And you? <laughs> Motherfucking five. Let's I look it. it I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like it wavered a bit for me where I was like four and a half because and that's good. Like we don't we don't throw around mm-hmm. fours and fives around here a lot where I was like four and a half four. But usually like talking through it with you. I'm like, you know what? The yeah. feelings that this movie brought up in me, it just deserves that fucking big fat five. Like, it's such a good movie. Yes. I loved it. There are so many small things thrown in here and there that that are so delicate. I just have to mention this really quickly. Like, the moment where they have Tony Jr.'s expired motherfucking food and they have it on the table, this town... They trust each other enough that it, th- nobody's out there being like, you take this. No, it's just like, take what you will and b- make sure to leave enough for the rest. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, That's amazing. It's just so smart and so well done. The performances are so good. I love this movie, everybody. Again, May Santiago, yeah. thank you so much for this suggestion. Love this suggestion. Yeah, Watch amazing. this movie, everybody. Motherfucking five. Absolutely. Motherfucking five. (laughs) And honestly, this is the first time I think that I don't want to leave a beautiful utopian town of Bakurao. We gotta go. We gotta, because I gotta fucking clean up these decapitated heads from the front of my fucking (laughs) church. Uh, Thank you so much for being here with us. Muito obrigado. Obrigado obrigado Mm -hmm. on behalf of Jonathan. Uh, We appreciate all of you being here with us. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen in cualquier plataforma. Remember to follow our redes sociales at Wikiorror on Instagram and Twitter. You can send us an email at wikiorror at gmail.com. You can find every one of our films on our link tree, linktr.ee slash wikiorror. Thank you so much to Sonoro for being the sertón that holds our uh. utopia. 
You can follow them at Sonoro Podcast on Instagram and Twitter as well. And Johnny, if ever some gringo motherfuckers come into our space, I'm ready to go to war with you, my guy. 100%. I got my machete right here. I'm ready to slice and dice. Listen, I've grabbed my Winchester <laughs> off the wall and it's cocked and Is that ready how they to work? Go. Sure. <laughs> I am put I'm going to take all my clothes off and I'm going to stand there and I'm going to blow some heads off. We have to do it naked. Off, we got to do it naked. <laughs> That's the only way. It's the only fucking way. I fucking, I fucking love, love you, dude. too. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adios. Uy, qué horror. Es una producción de Sonoro. Produced by Jonathan Atkinson and Eileen Clark. Edición y mezcla, Karina Riverol. Escuche Uy, qué horror en cualquier plataforma donde escuchen podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Adios. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>